Hello and welcome to the MinMax Show. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Suriel Vasquez. Hello. Jeff Marquiafava. Hey. And Kyle Hilliard. Episode one. This is officially episode cool. one of the MinMax wow. Show. Got out of that zero territory, left that behind. As you heard, an official new intro theme, not just whipped up, not pulled from YouTube's free music library. <laughs> From Grant Kirkhope himself, legendary composer of such classics as Goldeneye, Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, all your favorites. Uh, Mario vs. Rabbids, that's or whatever true. that game was called. Uh, thanks to Mr. Kirkhope. Uh, that was amazing. That was uh, definitely one of the most fun things about starting up this entire uh, initiative was just like, what would be a cool podcast intro? Let me just try and reach out to Grant Kirkhope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it turns like, out we can do anything. <laughs> Honestly, that was a good first indicator of like, hey, you turns out you can do a lot, right? Yeah. He just reached out to him like, hey, have you ever composed a song that's 15 seconds long? Would that be a fun challenge for you? He's like, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, how much are we talking? And I was like, <laughs> boy, that's a tough pitch. <laughs> <laughs> how much do you offer Grant Kirkhope? He just replied dollar sign, question mark. Classic Kirkhope <laughs> Classic style. Kirkhope. No, but he's very generous. I know, uh, it's super exciting. And when you when you told us that, I was yeah. I was like sort of flabbergasted. I was like, what really? Like he's yeah. he's up for that? That's fantastic. That's amazing. I don't know if it's a good message to get out there that like Hey, send him money. He'll write music for you. <laughs> this professional person will do jobs if you give him money. Yeah. Which reminds me, uh, this is a Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash minmax to ends, as everybody knows. Uh, check out the tiers there. Um, if you are a $100 supporter or a $400 supporter um, or $750 uh, supporter, uh, you get a shout out on this podcast. Those are going to be kicking off during the month of November. So I guess next week is when we'll really go into that, mm. lean into that uh, full force, but that'll be a fun time. Because it's like, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but uh, I used to host a show called The Game Informer Show. You guys were on it. You remember what? this? Um, but like, never one ad on that. And I know ads can be annoying for listeners, but there's an effed up part of myself where it's like, I think it'd be kind of fun to read an ad. Yeah. And now it's like, <laughs> this is just giving shout outs to the community. And so it's a way of doing that while still the community is supporting us directly. It seems like the cleanest way, but also a fun way to kind of sort of deliver ads every yeah. week. That and we're, will, we're super good at reading from a script, too. So that's yeah. the fun part. <laughs> Very true. Also, there will be music underneath all the shout outs. And so if you want to skip it, you can. But I don't recommend you do because these no. people are supporting us and we really appreciate it. Yeah, they're good. Absolutely. Uh, we should point out uh, everybody's good. Um, you know, after we recorded episode zero before we launched, um, now that we're roughly one week into this thing, um, hey, you did it. The community did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels like. Um, we're flying an airplane, right? Seven people <laughs> randomly were yanked out of that airplane and thrown towards the ground. Uh, I spent two months in that airplane going, I got to get out of this airplane. <laughs> and then I jumped out of the airplane. With a bunch of parachutes. Well, zero parachutes, but oh. one big cushion that was named the community waiting for us mm. on the ground. And then it was like that old cell phone game where you had to like <laughs> land directly <laughs> on the community and thank God that connected. So we can't thank the community yeah. enough for uh, yeah. supporting this entire initiative. You could have used the Metal Gear Solid 3 Halo jump analogy where you just... Oh, that's much better. Okay, one more take. And back to the top. <laughs> I um, like Metal Gear Solid 3. Yeah. But it is really scary because you, you go back and forth in your mind about like, I think this will be sustainable, like before I left versus like, this could be a disaster. Because you think to so many of those moments where, I think we've, we've all been there, right? Where we write a feature or make a video that we're really proud of and then you try and share it and it just 
gets zero traction mm-hmm. and you're tweeting oh, yeah. about it like I'm so proud of this please check it out and then you look at the click through rate and it's like four people click through yeah. it's I like, visited the set of Detective Pikachu <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> isn't that worth anything yeah I don't know not really it turns <laughs> yeah. out but thank god everybody shared it like everybody that retweeted the announcement of MinMax two ends of course um, god sense uh, everybody yeah. that's supporting us yeah. people that uh the mod that have helped set up the Discord, the Discord server Insane. in general, yeah. yes. it is so action-packed. Every time I go in there, uh, my head explodes, but at the same time, <laughs> it also explodes alongside my heart. Because yeah. like, it seems like it's a nice, positive community overall. People are like talking about tabletop games, music, mm-hmm. all the different systems. It seems like if you want to find a place to meet up with other people, find people to talk about games with. It's an awesome place. They're in there talking all the time yes. whenever you go in there. And it is worth giving a second shout out to those mods because yeah. we really didn't know a whole lot about Discord. Right. And they they came from other communities and stuff and they were like, yeah, we can set this up. We'll do this and this and this. And it's like, holy crap. Yeah, Lauren, Vaughn, and huge, Roland yeah, uh, they're doing a, a great job. So, yeah. so thanks everybody there. Um, and again, uh, if you like this show, Please share it. If you want to join that Discord, uh, you can uh, back us on Patreon, patreon.com slash minmax to ends for any amount, and you can jump in there um, and have a good time. Oh, let's see. More good table first setting. episode. <laughs> there we go. Um, we recorded the first episode of The Deepest Dive, Community Game Club Discussions for the Outer World. Um, that is not going to appear on the MinMax show feed. If you are a Patreon supporter, it's going to be the audio for that is going to be in the exclusive audio feeds. You can listen to it there. Otherwise, it's a YouTube channel on YouTube.com slash minmaxgames. Two ends. Um, and so you can go there and, and check that out just to alleviate any confusion about where that Outer world discussion is going to happen. But it's an hour and 40 minutes talking about the games basically, well, up until you land on the planet Monarch. Yeah. So and the you, first four hours of yeah, the game. So we've, we've got hours of talking to go. Yeah. <laughs> so many hours. And, I mean, and you don't have to be a, pat- a patron to see that on YouTube. No, right no, no. Now. To listen to it, you do. But okay. to, you, you have, have to, to subscribe it. to the internet, but nothing else. Mm. That's right. That's right. Um, or steal so someone else's internet, you know. <laughs> uh, the next episode of the that discussion is going to appear on November 13th, out of the blue. Um, and that's going to be covering everything up until you land on Byzantium. And I'm terrified. Because how I, much content there is? I barely limped through to the finish line the first time. Yeah. And it wasn't that long, but I ended up, I probably played like at least 12 hours Uh-oh. during that open. Yeah, oh my God. So yeah. I'm going to have to focus a little more. <laughs> you know, we talked about that game for almost two hours. I don't think we covered... You guys digging it or... Uh, yes. Yeah, oh, I, okay. like yeah. I like it. I'm but super I, liking it. I was yeah. saying, like, I, it's not It's not my... I don't love that... Jo- I struggle. This is a weird thing to struggle with, but I struggle with games where you walk up to a person and have a long, drawn-out conversation with them with a single camera screen. Like, even, but like, Mass Effect doesn't bother you? Mass Effect was, like, the one time I got out of my comfort zone. But even Witcher, I kind of have struggled really? with. Yeah. So... But I'm because it's the cinematography, or what are you talking about? I think it's just like like, I just want to be active. Like I just want to be doing something instead Mm. of just selecting from a menu. You know what what I mean? But but the writing is good, and like I'm, you know, so that's like the. I just don't. I don't typically like this genre, mm-hmm. but I'm getting into this one because it's like I like the tone, I like the shooting. So then, stuff. for the Outer Worlds too, what you'd want is like here's the Fallout screen, but there's also like a little fidget spinner in the corner that you can like. That's really something I can get a high score on or Bundle something. Bundle it with yeah. Ring Fit Adventures. <laughs> yeah. so you can do the standby Ooh. mode. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's um, like that episode of. Uh, What's it called? Undone, where like she's just playing that one football game every time to distract her from like. You guys have seen this show, right? It's sure. amazing. But there's an episode yeah. where she very distractedly plays a game because she's it helps her concentrate basically. So that's I you, believe that's, you. that's what the, the sequel to the Outer Worlds should do. <laughs> I right. don't um, believe you, sir. I I've I've been liking it. Uh like I don't know that I have the same problem Cal does, but like I think part of it is that the 
if you break the game down into simple terms, it's just like go over here and talk to this person and do combat that, you know, like I said, isn't like super interesting to me so far. It seems very simple, but I am enjoying like those com- the content of those conversations. I think has been pretty strong so far. Yeah, I think for sure. Um, you know what show I love, Serial? Mm. Extra Life. Extra Life mm. 2019. Uh, New season. I think up? That's, that's right. Once a year, it's a, it's a it's a big event. Uh, so I believe the four of us. Uh, are going back to the hollowed halls of Game Informer. If they open the door. If they (laughs) unlock the door. Um, And uh, that'll be on this Saturday, November 2nd, starting at 8 a.m. We're going to be streaming for 25 hours. Again, I cannot emphasize enough, if you are a fan of gaming history and a nerd for gaming history, please tune in because we're going to be auctioning off not only amazing things uh, that companies donated, um, but specifically a lot of Game Informer history stuff and also uh, Andy McNamara's old T-shirts and jackets and bags and just a bunch of stuff. Um, and it's absurd. You know, it's like a bomber jacket from the launch of the Sega Saturn and stuff. Like, it's so specific that it could go for pennies on the dollar. And honestly, all the money's going to charity to let children especially healthcare. Hey, man, if you want to donate that money... Resell that stuff on eBay. Ain't got no problem with that. <laughs> as long as the money we're getting is going to charity, right? Game and, on. And Andy's sure. worn every one of them, too. So oh, it's yeah. got, like, all his pheromones and, and Andy stuff Moss. on there. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a potent man. Yeah. If you give him an extra $200, he'll sweat in it. <laughs> he's so embarrassed yeah. about those shirts, but it's amazing stuff. Honestly, if you're a fan of Naughty Dog, like, there are T-shirts from Naughty Dog back in, like, 1995 that I doubt anybody at Naughty Dog owns. I'd be mm. surprised if Jason Rubin or Andy Gavin <laughs> have these t-shirts, you know? So it's like, it is just like an insane... logos and stuff like there, that, right? We have a, um, a bundle for Insomniac where it's like, hey, you can have a signed Spider-Man poster from the team. Awesome. Uh, an old Insomniac t-shirt, probably like mid-2000s. Awesome. Just to show how insane this is, there's also a t-shirt that's in really good shape for Disruptor. Their first ever oh, game really? on PlayStation, which is what, 96? Yeah, Spyro's yeah. 97? Yeah. nineteen shooter. Yes, yeah. they're like mm-hmm. Doom clone. You, you can't have a deeper cut gaming t-shirt <laughs> than Insomniac's Disruptor, but that's such a cool move. Yeah. Uh, you will be a hero. <laughs> a bit of a little town hero. So please, uh, it'll be on Game Informer's YouTube and Twitch channel. Um, so check it out over there. That'd be great. Yeah. I wonder if we could mirror it and also put it on... You can, we can Min-axes. host it. Yeah, that yeah. might be interesting. We can pirate it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. They'll never know. Uh, I think this is a very interesting week, uh, unless you're listening to it over the weekend. But it's an interesting week, I think, for the gaming universe because, Serial, you don't have to make eye contact with us at all. Um, Death Stranding is out there for people reviewing it That's in, in the good press. That's a cold stone face. He's not giving anything <laughs> oh away. God. I can't talk about that. The face of the creamery itself. It is crazy that there are people out there who know a lot about Death Stranding. Including somebody at this table. They know possibly a review score for Death Stranding. And I have kept myself very clean on this. I don't Don't want to know anything. I've heard discussions, and I think it is very fascinating to watch the industry like like, just not say anything. But pretty impressive that no one's like being coy and cheeky that I've seen at least on the internet about this. I've seen major leaks or anything. Right. I'm thankful for that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No huge spoilers. Uh, Serial, is it tough to keep secrets about Death Stranding? Uh, not really. I think I just I, th- I think I know where you guys are coming from. I know that it, this is a game where like you you don't want spoilers, and I wouldn't want to spoil it for you. Just, but I am ha- I am excited to talk about it at some yeah. point and unload. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully on for... this podcast. Yeah, is it? Can we do that next week? 
Uh, I mean, it's the first. Yeah, is the embargo, so it's like basically tomorrow okay. for the listeners, right? So right. next week, yeah, we'd be. I mean, I could talk about it on Extra Life if technically, right? Right. So, oh my god, that's gonna be fascinating. Yeah, I guess we could play it on Extra Life. We don't have to. Wait, well, no, no. Yeah. streams are embargoed until the seventh. Okay, all right. By play it, I mean play the trailers. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that's very exciting. <laughs> um, last week saw the release of Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. Um, Jeff Marchiafava, you've been playing it? Yeah, I've been playing it yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I'm like halfway through the campaign and then I've played a little bit of Gunfight. Um, How much have you played here? I played through the entirety of the campaign and then I tried all of the multiplayer modes yesterday. I I think I played Gunfight the most because that that one's cool. Oh, really? It's just so quick and easy and it's not overwhelming Mm -hmm. and like I think it'd be so fun. So the setup for this is it's a, a 2v2 set weapons. It's kind of derived from stuff like gun game uh, going back in the history of Call of Duty a little Mm -hmm. bit, right? Where it's just like you have a set loadout and it rotates through and it's just 2v2 small paintball-esque arenas and just, hey, whoever gets the first of so many kills wins. It's so pure and simple. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah, it's just you only have one life each round. Yeah. And so you have to eliminate the other team, which is only two people. Mm-hmm. And then it's best of five or six or something like that. And yeah. So, yeah. And it goes really quick. Yeah, yeah. it is pretty quick. It's, yeah. it's funny because it almost sounds like the like the literal opposite of Battle Royale. It's like fewer people, mm-hmm. way faster. Right. Right. Yeah. Smaller area. Kind of. I'll sign off on that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. By the way, it, it is team based. Okay. Okay. So you have so you have yeah, one other partner, one partner that yeah. you run out. You you immediately split. At least when I'm playing, you run the opposite <laughs> direction. Yeah, right? and then you run into the wall and just kind of your legs move in that very video game way of running into a wall endlessly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did feel bad. I jumped into Modern Warfare the other day to test out like our streaming equipment because like just the audio levels of, of gunshots. Then I realized. Oh, I just jumped into a multiplayer match. Now I'm just firing at a wall and then quitting. It's like, oh, I really screwed my team. I'm sorry, yeah. you guys. But it was worth it if you watched our dream stream on mm-hmm. Tuesday, which we'll be doing every Yeah, also Tuesday. a lot of gunfights in that. So, a lot of gunfights. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, it's funny you bring up Battle Royale. It still is strange to me. Uh, like, So I visited uh, Infinity Ward for the Game Informer cover story for Modern Warfare. They were so cagey about Battle Royales and... Call of Duty Modern Warfare. There is no Battle Royale in this one, which is a bummer because I really love Blackout and Black Ops 4 is one of my favorite games last year. Uh, and every time asking them about a Battle Royale in Modern, War- Modern Warfare, they go, we're focusing on these multiplayer modes for now. It is so much hedging yeah. that it's like there's something brewing, you know, you, but it's unclear so? exactly the format. And it, it also feels like the multiplayer offerings right now are a little more drilled down than usual like there isn't as much you know there's like team deathmatch there's domination there's ground war which is a huge environment right so it's a lot of the tech that would be used in a hypothetical battle royale yeah yeah but it it just like like there wasn't gun game you know which was one of the one of the modes i always liked and or like kill confirmed i think is the other one where Mm -hmm. you're picking up the dog tags like those were the kind of kind of offshoots that I always liked. And yeah. so it was like, mm, I guess, you know, I, pl- I played a lot of Gunfire of that because of that. Because Gunfire, that was, yeah. 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 Um, would you be into a Battle Royale? Are you hoping for it in the future or are you Battle Royale down? Uh, yeah, I'd play it. I, I mean, I guess the thing that I liked about Blackout, which I don't like about the Ground War, is yeah. that what it's called now, is uh, Blackout had a different pace than the usual Call of Duty, where it was slower, yeah. you could kind of get your bearings and stuff. And so when I went into ground 
Ground War? Just call God, it Battlefield. It's just <laughs> Battlefield. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was thinking going into yeah. it. I was like, okay, this is going to be like Battlefield. And then it was like, I'm running, and then it's like, oh, instantly dead, right? This is Call of Duty-paced, you know, multiplayer matches. Right, right. As opposed to where Blackout was the kind of thing where I could play a match for 10 minutes without dying, you know? And yeah. I, that's the kind of pace that I've always liked. That's why I've always preferred Battlefield over Call of Duty. Right. And that, the ground war one doesn't really do it for me as much because have, of that. Have either of you guys tried the realism mode? Yeah. And that's the other one that I played. I played that the second most, which, I mean, I, at least the only the only times when I played it, the, it was just team deathmatch. Yeah. Um, but... I I don't and I don't know why that's more appealing to me. Maybe it just kind of levels the playing field a little bit, brings it down to my level basically, where I, right. you know I have a a better chance of staying alive and stuff. But that was an interesting mode. Yeah, I mean, it basically just strips out all the UI and stuff and so adds some tension to base yeah. multiplayer, which is which is yeah. great. That's you know I'm not the biggest fan of standard Call of Duty team deathmatch multiplayer because I don't feel like I have that many emotions. Maybe I'm just not good enough to be competitive to the mm-hmm. point where I'm not throwing a controller. Whereas Blackout like sweating bullets uh, I, I'm uh, doing the, the holy cross signage it's like I feel Wait, like there's so much Catholic? tension for me I don't think so oh, okay. <laughs> um, whereas that it's just it's a sea of, of chaos you know mm-hmm. um, campaign campaign you finished it yes um, biggest takeaway my biggest takeaway well I think it's it's probably the best campaign that they've done for a number of years really did which, you play infinite warfare yes what about Black oh you like them four <laughs> <laughs> It took me a while to, to <laughs> register that one. Yeah, it's I I think that says more just about the state of those campaigns and stories that they're trying to do. Yeah. But I felt like this one, it had a good variety in the missions. I think mission to mission, it was a little hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. But I think the ones that I did enjoy, I enjoyed a lot in terms of overall series. There were some really good ones in Okay, there. so the good ones, are they more in the vein of classic modern warfare missions or is it when they're trying to be a little bit edgier and be different uh not so much edgier but the different ones like yeah. i don't know if you played the highway of death no not yet mission no. it's it's one where basically they take you out and you're kind of overlooking this highway in the middle east while you're waiting for a convoy to come through and you you're just sitting way back with a with a giant sniper rifle and you and you know enemies are coming out and stuff but it actually takes bullet drop and you know time of distance and wind and stuff into account and so you're have you're having to like actually spot and try and figure out where to shoot and do you think this is their kind of i mean it's dumb to say well snipers but do you think this is their reference to all gillied up of like taking that final shot and all gillied up in the original where you have to factor in the wind it it kind of feels like that but like a full blown level and then later you know like people are coming out and they're firing mortars on you and and you you're just looking at this at like the entire landscape you know like miles and miles and it's like where is this coming from and you know it will it will hit and your teammates are like you got to take that, those guys out like figure out where they are and you're yeah. like you're looking and you're zooming in and you're you're like kind of whittling it down and figuring out and like those are the moments where it's not just the normal you know, follow this guy through a shooting gallery. You're kind right. of doing something different. It's a different pace and stuff like yeah. that. Did you guys see that thing about how apparently that specific mission, they're like, oh, yeah, the, the Russians were responsible for the Highway of Death incident, where in reality it was actually like Americans who were largely responsible for what happened there during I the Gulf War. I did not see that. Really? That's oh, a wow. really weird, like, retcon that they that they pull in that game. For I don't know. Yeah. If they, do you think it, it they did it kind of to hamstring it into a larger narrative? Or, like, what, what, do, you, what do you think that oh, man, might have happened? I don't know. I, like, my... 
my endorsement of this game would have to kind of divorce the narrative stuff. There's a there's a lot of stuff that you could look at in this game and get really grossed out by and and you know be uncomfortable. On one level, uh, I mean, just throughout it, I think there are like one of the big things that they were looking at in this is you know this whole idea of assessing threats yeah. you know as you're going through like is this person actually going to shoot at you are they you? reaching for a or, gun yes yeah. are they and there are certain times where i feel like they go too far with it and it just kind of gets gross and like they're they're putting you in these situations to try and kind of force you to make mm-hmm. that decision the the biggest problem that i have with that though is that when they do it you know it's it's like they're trying to they're trying to make it more realistic and they're trying to put you in that hard situation. But if you make the wrong call and you shoot an innocent person, most of the time it just goes to a fail state and says like, yeah. oh, you don't you don't shoot civilians. So that's not what we do. Right. So we're gonna rewind time thirty seconds and you're gonna do like the Groundhog's Day take and like you're gonna perfect until your you're, you're, you're gonna you perfect it, right? it until yeah. you get it right. right. Yeah. yeah. And that's. And then you make a snowman with the Russians. Yeah, yeah. and that I think that's problematic. Um, in in what else of, are they going to do? Well, it's, it's like it's like a weird, long-winded version of the, like when you're like, "Hey, would you like to go on a quest with me?" And like in a JRPG, and you say no. Well, would you like to go on a quest with me? <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, basically yeah. until oh, you sure. say yes, they yeah, kind of right. loop you back around. Except when they're asking you like, "Don't you really have to think about things now?" Like yeah. you're trying to attach some message to Where that like, yeah, RPG loop. Do you actually want to go on a quest with this guy? And right. but then it's like they're trying to make you think of the repercussions, but ultimately you have to pick yes anyway. Yeah, yeah. It, isn't questing hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but it, along those lines, it also feels like you don't have to think about it too much because if you make the wrong decision you just redo it until you get it right and i right. wish i wish there were some kind of consequences with that like just make me live with it you know mm-hmm. like i made the wrong call i shot this person i shouldn't have if they could if they could have worked that into the narrative some way that would have been even more impactful but this kind of just feels like yeah you're going to perfect it until you're the guy who knows exactly who to shoot and who not to shoot mm, right and then, that kind of feels weak to me yeah for sure and it, when we're at the studio even talk to them about like do you want to randomize it a little bit about and they're like ah no we don't feel like that's the game we're, we're trying yeah. to make here is like the the guessing game that's going to change every time that doesn't feel yeah. very call of duty yeah so instead it's just kind of trial and error right until you until you get it right, but that said, yeah, a lot of the different missions are really interesting, and they oh, do have they do have fun moments. I'm amazed, like just you know, halfway through it at least, you know, when we're at the studio and they showed like the two primary campaign missions that they demoed for everybody behind closed doors. It was uh, when you're entering the house in London, which is like kind of quiet, mm-hmm. slowly going up the stairs, and it's so compact, um, and I think a really interesting, if pretty brutal, mission. And then there's one later on in the campaign where you play as a kid in a very brutal. And yeah. when they only demo those two, they even told us, like, you know, these are extremes. We're not expecting the entire campaign to be like that. But playing through it, it's like I'm amazed how much more it feels like the original Modern Warfare. Because we just played through the remastered for a game club back at Game Informer. Like, the missions don't feel that different overall mm-hmm. from that original game of, like, oh, I'm just kind of following uh, some soldiers going through and, and shooting things and uh, big explosions, and here's a chase through a Middle Eastern city. It's like, this is still modern warfare is all hell. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a complete rewrite. It, it, it just does seem, it feels like some missions do have a little more variety or, like, I, I, one of the early ones, they kind of, 
they drop you into a city that's being occupied by other people and at some point you know you're you're following a character around and at some point they're like okay you gotta you gotta go attach these explosives to these two helicopters yeah and you have to figure out like how to navigate around and get to the helicopters there's guards everywhere and you're you're kind of wearing a disguise so you have to kind of blend in and stuff and at that point you don't have like the follow me person and it's not immediately yeah. clear like how how do i even get up there you know should we and, say the answer cuz i think it's silly and shows <laughs> where we're what at what was the answer oh i mean just like for me it's like i picked up a brick and then made it seem like I was like carrying the brick like oh. everybody else. There's like it's just weird for a Call of Duty objective is like pick up a brick, pretend you're hauling it to this location, yeah. and then they'll let you buy. Yeah, that that's one part. But then like further in the city, I I just had a hard time. You know, like I was going around the building like trying to figure out like how do you? It's yeah. it's not like a glowing ladder is there. You well, know? it's crazy too. Just you know, it'll have. Uh, a reminder on the screen every once in a while, like, hey, hit the touchpad to see the objective. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to hide that yeah. more than I think Call of Duty has ever done. Yeah. You know, it's been two years since the campaign, obviously. Yeah. Um, but at least with World War II, at least, it just feels so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so those those were the interesting missions to me. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, it's a little bit of the situation where they're emphasizing stories so much. And I really enjoyed the story in Infinite Warfare. And I feel like with this one, at least halfway through... If you did the classic thing and put a gun to my head, Kyle, uh, I don't know if I could have a great version of what this story is about. Yeah. I mean, it I feels played, a little bit jumbled and confusing. Yeah. So I played far. the first what, like three missions yesterday, mm-hmm. you and me, and like, like I just I was like going through the third mission, and Jeff was like, "Hey, Kyle, where are you?" And I was like, "I, I don't know." Right? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Who are you? I, I don't know. Yeah, those, I'm a hipster who's in the CIA. I, I, guess. I think they... Jeff won't stop screaming about this guy's sideburns <laughs> in the CIA. Yeah, it is ridiculous. He has like the 1920, like his. His, not only does he have a mustache, but uh-huh. it's, it's even kind of twirly at this the This isn't ends. Price, right? This is the other guy? Yeah. No. Okay, Alex. Although, although they look like they're related, like the character <laughs> yeah. models are very close, but then he also has like this shaved lion, you know, into his hair. And it's like, and this guy's supposed to work for the CIA? Like, that's not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Just not like someone went with all their favorite individual options and the character creator. It's like, <laughs> I like this mustache, but I'm going to have this weird, like, yeah. right. just this incoherent face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the story does get a little more comprehensible okay. as you go on and I think they, it starts to focus down a little yeah, bit yeah they they focus more on the character you know like a couple characters in nice. it and that's that's interesting I think they did a pretty good job with those characters nice yeah as I mean, opposed to a lot of you know modern warfares and battlefield games and stuff like that they don't always have characters that you know have their own motivations and stuff like yeah. that and it's so, not yeah. just talking over powpoint presentations yes. between levels yeah, yeah. right right I don't want to suggest anything, but if someone wants to write in with a game in the future, I think a very fun game would be Call of Duty Games, voice protagonist or silent protagonist? Because huh. mm. it is all over the place really? throughout the history of okay. Call of Duty. Yeah, it's a fun fun little guessing game. Um, I'm playing on a base PS4, and uh, that thing looks good. Yeah, I am too. Uh, and yeah, I guess that should have been the big takeaway that we started <laughs> is, with. Holy is God, this might be looks, one of the best looking yes. games of the generation. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, can you think of a game that looks better right now that's out? No, I was trying to, and I was thinking, you know, like Red Dead looks amazing. Yep. Um, but I think there's still an even higher level of polish. And, you know, it's kind of unfair because Modern Warfare is so much more focused. Of course, yeah. You know, it's it's... They kind of have, they know where you're going, you know, and it's it's a little more focused and scripted like that. Yeah. But you know, I, I in don't, terms of just making things look and amazing. And the sound design, I think, is incredible, mm-hmm. too, so far. I was just going to mention Gears 5, actually. Oh, really? I, I don't love that game, but I think it looks really yeah, it looks good. Really but good. Yeah. not that's not to diminish Call of Duty at all. I, that was, like, I only played a few levels yesterday, and I was like, holy 
crap, this looks amazing. Because, yeah, yeah they're so good at, like, you know, the second mission, I guess, it's uh, Johnny Sideburn's CIA. Uh, they put him in <laughs> the forest and, like, having the light filter yes. through the trees at night, it's like yeah. they know exactly how to wow you over yeah. there. It's a, really impressive. A lot of it is lighting, which I appreciate, you know. The nerd part of me appreciates when it's not just, hey, we have even higher textures this time. It's like, right. no, they really put it into the lighting and shadows and stuff, which, you know, is very intensive. But they figured out a way to do it even on, you know, the base PS4s and stuff. Like yeah. That, so. so way to go, Infinity Ward. Uh, yeah. like they, they pulled it off by and large. Uh, that studio has had such a weird history. Like since the great exodus, like the, you know, mm-hmm. Vincent Pella, Jason West deal and then the founding of Respawn, it was that weird idea where... Infinity War was gutted. A lot of the senior team went over with Weston Zimpella to found Respawn. People chose to stay behind. Uh, it's an odd situation for everybody. has no relevance to what we're doing. Um, oh, strange. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a very weird thing because I went over there for the Call of Duty Ghost cover story trip. And that was just kind of like not skeleton crew, right? But it was very much like, hey, they had just been really hurt. And now they were trying to build back up. Mm-hmm. After that, then they brought in a bunch of former Neversoft developers to help out as well. And so they slowly, by the time Infinite Warfare came out, like had a pretty solid team rolling. Like, you know, some people really liked that game, um, the campaign in particular. Um, and that's when, you know, they, they brought in the narrative leads that came over from Naughty Dog, stuff like that. And then this great infusion happened, right, where people left Respawn, where it's like the art director, uh, animator, senior multiplayer designer. Um, they left Respawn and then went back to mm. Infinity Ward. And it's just this bizarre fusion of like, they were rebuilding on their own. They were basically there. And now it's like, here's this boost, which should be a good thing. But then it's like, okay, how well do these two teams collide yeah. and work together? And it's amazing that, at least from the outside, at least, it's like, hey, not so bad. Yeah, yeah. I think they're... There are certainly criticisms to be made, and depending on where you're coming from and what you're looking for in these kind of games, I think yeah. I've I've seen some articles out there that you know are calling things out, and I think that's totally valid. And there are certainly ways that you can look at it, but I think it does feel like a an entry that stands out from where the series has you know the series has kind of been shooting everywhere the past couple of years and yeah. trying to figure something out. And this does feel like a kind of standout installment. And yeah, I, right on. And I'm happy for it. I, I do hope there's more competitive multiplayer stuff coming, you know, and that they grow that a little more. But yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah. yeah. Um, real quick on uh, on the Game Informer show, which, by the way, there's a new episode out today with Andy mm-hmm. McNamara hosting now. You can check out. I'm going to listen to it. That's going to be fun. Um, but on that, a while ago, we ran, like, the full audio of this interview with uh, a lot of those returning Respawn devs talking about integrating back in the studio. And one of the reasons I wanted to get that audio out there is because like, it spoke so much to me at that time in that era because like, mm. it is them talking about leaving Respawn and how hard that was. And I remember Jeffrey Smith said that it was like breaking up with 40 girlfriends at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is such a yeah. heartbreaking <laughs> analogy, right? But uh, that interview is back in the Game Informer show feed if you want to go check it out. Fun stuff. Um, Serial Vasquez After Party. Yeah. From the creators of Oxenfree. Yeah, I, I reviewed it for GameSpot.com. Is that true? Video game website, yeah. I love that site. Uh, you should go check it out. Yeah, I think you tweeted that it was exciting to like have uh, yeah, an official Yeah, that was for another I... review I did for them. But Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, keep up, Hanson. How many reviews are you doing for them? I've done two. So He's far. hustling. Okay. Is yeah. it fun? Yeah. 
Uh, they, they have a, a similar editing process to ours, where they have where they ours? take to Game Informer's old <laughs> editing thing. Uh, well, we put those tweets through a few passes the other yeah, day, that's right? True. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, uh, after party, I think if you played Oscar Free, you kind of know what you you should go in expecting. Uh, there's a lot of conversations, a lot of walking around. I think you know, Oxen Free's strongest trait, which was these very like dynamic and. and uh, fluid conversations, I think, are back here, um, and I think the story goes in some interesting places. So, like the the premise is that uh, two characters, Milo and Leela, have been have wound up in hell, uh, and they're not entirely sure why. And they're trying to so like the basic premise is that they're they're going in line to be sentenced to you know internal damnation, but just, like the line basically ends and says, well, it's like my cutoff. It's like 5 p.m. Let's say, and, and then the guy's like, well, I'm gonna go home. So you guys come back here tomorrow morning, and we'll sentence you. Uh, but they're like, well, I heard of this loophole where if you can outparty Satan, uh, you get to go free, uh, and you, you know you get you get your life back, and you get to go back to the surface so they're like okay how, how do we do that uh, and so a lot of it like uh, one of the strongest assets this game has also is like its premise of hell is just very banal it's very like hey we like eternal damnation kind of got boring for the demons because they work so hard to like try to figure out how to torture humans so it's like they're they're basically all like well we work from nine to five and then after that we we go out like everyone you know humans and demons alike go out and like go to bars and stuff and there and there's like some demon only bars some people only bars but That's like fun. Uh, the developers they, at night school they, they compared it a lot to Beetlejuice when we interviewed yeah. them mm. before of like oh we just love that idea of hell or even purgatory just being you know bureaucratic it's a little bit grim right. in the same way yeah. right and have, they, you guys, no, have you heard of that movie Risk Cutters have you ever seen that no. It kind of sounds familiar where it's like people stuck in like a purgatory trying to figure out yeah, where to so go next. It's interesting. That, yeah, it, it does feel a little bit more like purgatory where it's not like, oh, here are, the, here are the world's like worst criminals and people who've murdered like 40 people. It's just like people who just didn't, you know, live up to what they people thought was. People with vanity license plates. Yeah. So it's so, so like they talk about things like you're, you're in here for the crime of like, you know, like there's a very early exchange where uh, Milo meets Satan very early on in the game. And I don't want to spell anything, but like the, he asks him, like, why are we here? Right. Like, what, what did we do to deserve this? And he tells him about like a story of like there's a guy like right now in Spain, in Madrid or whatever, who who picked out a, who's like helping her girlfriend like set a dress. And it's like he knows it'll be too cold when they go visit the theater, but it's very revealing. So he'll so this is the dress that he's doing. So when they're out in the town and like the implication being that's why he's in hell. Right. Mm. So like the idea is like, well. Uh, what did you do to deserve anything besides hell, right? It, it, so that's kind of like what they're pushing. Um, so they talk a lot about like here's uh, so it gets very personal into like Lilo and, and uh, or Milo and Lola's personal lives about like how they grew up, sort of a lot of the conflicts they had with their parents and things like that and a lot of people's problems are just very like very personal like human problems that they have and, I, and they explore those topics really really well uh, through that same kind of like it doesn't feel written you know like um, uh, G G G Geneva? Javina? Conventions? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the lady who was like the main character in this Battlefront Two. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Um, Let me think here. Now that I have a laptop in front of me, but uh, yes. So she, she's like the she's one of the main characters, and like uh, Ashley Birch is in it. She's kind of like Sam, the kind of the person who's guiding you through, who basically helps you figure out what you're supposed to do. Uh, so they're they're they all act their roles really, really well. Like it, the, none of these lines feel written. A lot of them feel very ad libbed. Mm. They talk in the way that people do, where they like they'll they'll go through half a sentence and then they'll restart it 
you know, so it doesn't, it feels right. very expressive in, in, in a real way. And fully voiced, right? Yeah, so yeah. The, the whole game's fully voiced. Um, the, the twist here is that you have a drinking mechanic where uh, you you usually want to have a drink in your hand at all times, and they're very, like, fanciful. Like, uh, one of this is like, hey, here's a cocktail that's made out of, like, ginger ale, you know, horse blood, and, like, a bunch of, like, very demonic, like, one of them is called literally acid. And, and it's <laughs> like, well, it's, it'll get you real, it'll get you real messed up real quick. Um, and so, like, you, you, different drinks will unlock different dialogue options and a lot of them are like liquid courage but one of them will make you feel like a bully one of them will make you talk like a pirate things like that um, it's, a, it's like an interesting mechanic on the surface but they don't really use it super well because hmm. it's basically in terms of unlocking new dialogue options there are cases where you'll need to have drunk something before you can proceed but it's it, it doesn't matter what you've selected, right? It's just a lot of those options are just for mm. flair of like, oh, if you want to approach this conversation and sound like a pirate the whole time, you, that's for fun. But it doesn't necessarily – no one ever questions like, why are you talking like a pirate? And right. because of that, you know, the storyline is going to diverge differently. Like they don't do that with it. It's more like – how do you yeah it's all for flavor um well did they did so did they record the full game in pirate speak no 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 it's like uh, you're like there will be certain responses that are like so as they're talking to you you'll along the line get choices okay uh so like certain parts of the game are you would be the pirate right and there are certain lines that you would have as a pirate okay um gotcha so like it's usually like the third option right so which is what you're gonna usually pick right because it's like here's the special one that you, you can only have if you're drinking yeah. um so a lot it does feel like it kind of funnels you towards certain choices that you wouldn't make otherwise do you uh, think it's uh, well written is it like one yeah of the best I, I think it's fantastically well written yeah okay I, great I, I think um one of my problems with the story like is that it does such a good job of like going off in these little tangents and telling you these little stories that that factor into the game's larger morality tale but I think the main plot is kind of uh, just kind of there as a vehicle for that stuff. Right. So it feels a little bit like Clerks where they're just talking about like a lot of random stuff, but the actual, the thing they are doing throughout the movie isn't super compelling and the ending is kind of like not, it kind of doesn't climax the way it would. But a It lot feels of it, a lot like Oxenfree. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think a lot of it has to do with like they are tackling more like real world problems, right? And those real world problems, like, there aren't a lot of like pivotal like grandiose moments in most people's lives that would like be the end of a movie right so the game just sure. kind of peters out towards the end um but i like i still really liked it i i think you know the interaction stuff notwithstanding i think it, it is a solid story told yeah. from beginning to end and it's well acted well written and like the music is pretty good cool. um so like yeah uh, i if you're a fan of like story based games narrative stuff i would definitely check it out it's like it's Especially if you like Oxen Free, it's after party. It's after called. Party, yeah. It's on the Epic Game Store on PC. Mm -hmm. um, it's weird that that game had a weird history where Microsoft was promoting it, like at GDC, like Microsoft was hosting press events for it. But then also it was in the state of play from PlayStation. I feel like every company mm. has like supported this yeah. game, which is nice to see. Maybe there's a secret bidding war to, <laughs> to buy Night School <laughs> Studios. Who knows? Uh, name of that actress, by the way, was. Janina Gavankar. Yeah. Gavankar. She's the one who leaked uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, remember? That's <laughs> oh, right. Perfect. She's at some she talks about it. No. It's no. very funny. Remember, she's yeah. at that like convention or something, and somebody was recording her, and then someone yeah. said, Oh, I love you in Horizon Zero Dawn. She's like, Just wait to see what they're doing with the sequel. It's so amazing. You know, well, <laughs> like, wait, what? Do you Whoops. think that's now I second guess all that because if she's hanging out with Ashley Birch, mm. right? Oh, like, interesting. Maybe she just like heard things from Ashley. You know? Oh. Well, still, if she's hearing <laughs> she's things still, from Ashley. Like, whether or not yeah, she's yeah, in yeah. it, she leaked right. it. That's right, true. Right, that's right. true. Yeah. After Party. Yeah. Better than Horizon Zero Dawn 2. So sorry <laughs> that's right. Here's a weird question. Wow. What score did you give it for GameSpot? I gave it a 7, which means it's good. 
That is what they say on their scale. <laughs> oh, no. Now this is all... We're in no man's land, baby. Uh, all right, here we go. If, yeah, all our freelance reviews that we're going to be doing are going to be like, okay, here's their scale. <laughs> Not associated with us. Uh, we would like to do a review-like uh, verdict uh, for MinMax, but those details are still up in the air. Yeah, um, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. So how many uh, cheese biscuits would you give Call of Duty? Oh, boy. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Um, hey, have you guys heard of uh, Kotaku.com? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergio Vasquez, can you explain what happened with Kotaku this week? Uh, yeah. So, uh, a, What did a you do wh- to Kotaku? Yeah. I, I messed that place up. Uh, I like so, Kotaku, man. Don't, what are you doing? Yeah, I like, I, I like them too, you know? But, you know, they just got to stick to games, you know? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. So, so, so what ended up happening was that a, a little while ago, uh, Farmers Insurance placed an ad bid with the GO Media Group. Um, they're the kind of their their owner entity. Geo Gawker Onion. Yeah, right yeah. Now. So like the they're owned by a private equity firm at this point, and so they placed an ad buy for a million dollars, uh, with the expectation that they would get like forty three and a half million impressions by the end of September twenty twenty, uh, and so the way that the people in charge of you know that part of the, uh, Geo Media decided that they would use a lot of autoplay ads to do that, which are like, they're very annoying when you click on a website, you know, you hear a sound, you're like, where's it coming from? For the audio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, you try to turn it off. So they they started using those a lot, which they hadn't been using a lot. Uh, and in their statement, they say, like, hey, we only tested it with, like, 6% of the audience. But apparently it was enough of a big deal that um, pretty every geo media owned site had the same post where it's like, hey, if you don't like those ads, here's what you can, here's where you can tell the the executives behind it. Politely send some feedback. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those posts were very quickly taken down by management, uh, which could potentially be against the union contract because the uh, geo employees unionized a little while ago, um, and part of their agreement was that like. Any any attempts to take down a post from the site had to be a three zero unanimous um, vote, or it had to be majority vote. Yeah, and they the statement from media said like, hey, it was a unanimous vote, uh, but apparently all three of the people who are voting don't wouldn't be in a position to accurately represent the views of their employees. So it's maybe like a so bit- got a three zero from Geo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so th- in the in light of that, they took down the post. And a lot of the people who wrote things for them have had been covering it. Like, hey, this post went up. Here's where you can give them feedback. They took it down. Uh, Kotaku did like the Kotaku editors had no hand in this, basically. Right. And the union rep, like the uh, Twitter account, basically said, hey, uh, we condone this in the strongest possible terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and around that time, they had also fired. Condemn this. Yeah, they they condemned this. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> Similar words, different meanings. <laughs> yeah, you know words. Uh, so around this time, the I want to say the deputy editor who was in charge in lieu of the editor in chief who had resigned a few weeks ago um, had been uh, taking the task a little bit for not sticking to sports, right? On, uh, on Deadspin, on, on Deadspin specifically. Yeah. So Deadspin was told all articles you write need to relate yeah. to sports. Right. And people mm-hmm. said, "Boy, there's other stuff to cover here." And I hate right management yeah. wants. Sports. Sports equals money. Yeah, because right? Deadspin was covering just all kinds of, like, internet right. so culture they had, they, and different things. They had this, like, off-topic and... thing called the Concourse, yeah. uh, which was basically, in, in you know, in no small terms, a replacement for Gawker, which is basically the site that <clears> was <throat> basically jettisoned as part of, like, the Hulk Hogan lawsuit. This uh, all ties back to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, all things in the This is why WWE 2K20 so, was basically, awful this when, year. When Gawker went down, like, I think the Concourse and a few other sites, I think Jezebel for a little bit, picked up the idea of, let's just cover general news. Yeah. And you know, surprise! Like 
you know, when you know it, like a lot of the posts that they were doing outside of sports were their best performing ones. If anything, like they were getting more out of that than actual sports, mm-hmm. but they still brand themselves as a sports site. Uh, so, you know, the management, the equity firm was basically like, hey, start sticking to sports. I think a lot in part because they were kind of like afraid of what happened with Gawker happening again, because it's like, hey, we're going to like Gawker was known for like kind of exploring territory, being kind of on the cutting edge of like trying to, you know, upset people in power. Yeah. Um, and so that eventually they got the mandate to stick to sports. And in very recently, like the deputy editor had made the choice to have nothing but non-sports articles promoted in the top tab of the site. Badass. And so uh, he was eventually fired, I think, the day after he did that. Uh, and so, again, the, the media said, like, hey, part of the union contract was that you can't fire anyone without us knowing about it. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, I mean, editors from Kotaku and other sites had said, like, hey, the sites are still up like we we didn't post for a little while but we're back and we're, we're still working i know uh, heather alexander who's reviewing who i believe is reviewing this training for them so it's like hey i would love to tell you about this training on friday we'll see uh, right steven totillo tweeted hey another tough day at the office i've steered kotaku through some rough waters before thanks to my amazing team can i do it again we'll see we all love the site and the family of sites we're in and are extremely motivated to do right by our readers and viewers yeah, so it, there's there's a lot of stuff in contention right now as to see what, what will happen. And I think this morning it was announced that like Farmers Insurance had actually pulled out of that specific ad buy. Uh, and so, you know, if you, like who knows what will come of that specifically. But yeah. it seems like, you know, management is in kind of a, a bit of a feud with the people who work at the sites that make money for them. Yeah. Which is a... a, a it's a tough spot to be yeah, in. For yeah, sure. for sure. For those teams. Like, I, I like Kotaku. I know that... Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, apparently they've just been flooded with hate, people saying tear down Kotaku, but like out of any other site, and I just tweeted about this a while ago, but like out of any other site, whenever I see a Kotaku tweet and a headline, so I was like, God, that's a good headline. Yeah. God, that's smart. That is, mm-hmm. it's not clickbaity, but I'm just compelled to click on it because it's just so out there. Yeah. And that's the work of the team. That's yeah. the hard work of the team, yeah. finding different angles for things, digging up stories that other sites aren't covering. Like yeah. it's a really novel and, team. And it feels like the internet constantly forgets that like you just don't have to click on something if you don't <laughs> like it yeah. you know like right, right. I, I like the idea of there being lots of different outlets out there and they're exploring their own way of doing these kind of things mm-hmm. you yeah. know and like if if one part of it doesn't rub you the right way or or if you just don't like Kotaku at all fine you know yeah, but don't follow them on Twitter don't share their articles it, like does, if, it if doesn't have to be a burn it. the yeah. place down right right right, yeah. right. Like, and it's it's it is a similar situation that we ran into a little uh, for a little bit where people were like ah see like they're go, they're growing down with the ship this is all this like you know go woke uh, get like get woke go broke stuff where it's like yeah, you're being you're being punished for your ethical standards and that is like not really what's going on here it's more of like just the people at the top don't know what they're doing so you're going to be punished like they're do I imagine they're doing those sites are doing super well like the way like the yeah. way that we were doing pretty well like it seems like editorial is just being like look we know what we're talking about here like let us maintain what right. we have going right. so it's like the, the fact <laughs> we don't that, want these stupid ads yeah. <laughs> yeah like the fact that people are like you're being punished for like what you what what i hate you for right yeah mm-hmm. uh it's just so like if you knew what if you were actually thought this through and thought about the reasons those people are their jobs are potentially endangered or, or you know who knows um you would think twice because this is this is 100% corporate power stepping on on editorial integrity right and, and so like you should be mad about this regardless of what you think of kotaku because if like if it if it happens to them it could happen to whatever outlet you do like yeah. uh so yeah and it's important to distress you know 
there might be some analogies to make uh, mm-hmm. about certain institutions or you we're know not, the founding we're not of this. Yeah. Right about so, corporations I mean, right now. <laughs> and to be fair, it wasn't you know as clear for us as you know management coming yeah. in and, and dictating yes. editorial or taking situation. anything down. Yeah. yeah, entirely. But just I think the the connecting thread is the idea that sometimes ambiguously corporations can be dumber than you could possibly yeah. imagine because they're big and clumsy and overall probably pretty stupid. Yeah. It's a real miracle for an entire corporation to be smart and. They don't understand the base level ground roots community. Mm-hmm. Like, I think mm-hmm. the overall big picture, if you zoom out from almost everything, from a lot of things on the internet, it's corporations are dumber than you think and online communities are smarter than you think. Yeah. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, last week for us was a testament to that. Yeah, it's just a lot of that. It just really comes down to like the, the that's been stuff kind of notwithstanding. The fact that this is coming down to like people trying to implement ads that people had long forgot, like had all agreed, like those suck. Those are not good ads. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah. I'm not going to buy the product just because there's this a loudspeaker that make me avoid farmers insurance. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, Kotaku, you know. Yeah. Like I'm going to go to those sites less because those kind of ads. Have, yeah, I don't want. Yes. I don't want yeah. to deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah exactly. And sure. I mean, it's telling that through all this. Farmers has pulled out now. I mean, like, just because, like... Turns ulti- out that's not the publicity they were looking yeah, for. Yeah, like, ultimately, like, it did stem, I mean, from these bad sort of ad yeah. practices. J.K. You know, Simmons I mean, hates those ads. <laughs> it obviously blew up into something much larger in this bigger discussion, but, like, mm-hmm. the core of the problem was, like, we don't want these type of ads on the site, and Farmers is like, well, people are upset about these ads, so we're leaving now. Yeah. You know? yeah. Not our tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's like, you know, it's so stressful to see Kotaku employees yeah. not sure... About what situation they're in, what the Last future might heard, hold. Like, they said, "Hey, Kotaku's still around. Like, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're still alive and fighting." So. Yeah, that's awesome. But it yeah. seems like there's still a fight that. to be had uh, mm-hmm. internally there. So, best of luck to everybody over there. Um, let's see. Oh, what is this, Kyle? The big recap. This is the big recap. Um, you know, when you remember that time, it just I just remember this when you guys were fired. Um, <laughs> Remember oh, Jeff when yeah. you were oh, yeah. Jeff yeah. when you had been working at that place yeah. for like well, ten years and then well, that, I can't huh. okay, I forgot about that and then for actually no reason you're like a, that was really fun totally um, forgot oh, just I feel man. like we've we've missed some games yeah. uh, because of that and you probably haven't had an outlet by the way does it feel good to talk about games into a microphone Jeff um it feels super good I this is the part that I genuinely want to know about you is you seem to enjoy it when you're talking about Call of Duty I was thinking like oh I'm glad Jeff is talking about this this is nice to look at his lips while he's talking about this uh, <laughs> I'm not listening to anything he says but boy is that, is that why you're rubbing your belly going mmm <laughs> lips content uh, but at the same time I feel like so many times at Game Informer it was like hey who wants to be on the podcast who wants to be on emails Serial and Kyle's hands would shoot up uh, and they'd try to launch themselves through the ceiling. <laughs> mm-hmm. You were a little reluctant, and I'm curious about how that connects. It was 90% stress of all the other stuff that I have to do. And right. that, that's kind of, that is the through line of why this whole thing has been so exciting to me of like, I always wanted to do more videos. You know, oh, like, really? like that was the thing I was excited about. Every time, you know, Ryan would come by and like, hey, you want to be on replay? It was always like, yeah, I do, but I got all these other things that I got to get done. Right. Know? Which was what? Feedback and my column and mm-hmm. those kind of proofing yeah, when that, I, like, you know. Reviewing pinball games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but we had a whole magazine we had to work on every yeah. month. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, like, when we went on those cover trip stories, yeah. like, one of us would have to write, like, a, a 5,000 plus word article when we got back. Yeah. Dude, we weren't so. just there to carry your camera equipment for you. Really? To no. haul it to the airport. <laughs> 
Oh, so like, sense. yeah, that, that's. I mean, I share some of some of like Jeffem's uh, sentiment there, where it's like, when I couldn't do something, it, it's like the number one priority is the thing that you know pays all of our tax, which is this magazine. Yeah. So like, when I was super busy and had like four or five previews or something to do, you know, there was like that whole fighting game issue that I basically wrote a ton of. Uh, which one was this? Uh, the Mortal Kombat 11. That's right. That's uh, right. That was that time you went to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember making a silly video in Chicago with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and- like. There, there were times where it's like, I, yeah, I would love to be on all this other content. I have ideas for stuff that I'd love to do, but like, yeah. I need to sit down and write this like ten-page cover story. Right? Yeah. So. And the other half of that is when you don't have time to play the games or be up on whatever mm-hmm. you know you're going to be talking about. Then it's like, well, you know, like, what am I going to contribute to it? Right. Whereas and now, now it's like, hey, we have that time. Well, we have that time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like we're going off of what the community wants to hear about, yeah. and we can. You know, there's now four of us instead of a staff of 18 of us to tackle things. So when a game comes in, it's like, we're going to be the ones talking about it. You know? Right. As right. opposed to, well, you know, Joe's going to play that game because Joe's always looked at that series and, you know, it kind of, things get parceled out different ways. And yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had commented like, oh, this is so nice just to do things directly for the community when you just like popped into the house yesterday or whatever to record mm-hmm. the game club. It's like, all right, then. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to go home and play more Modern Warfare so yeah. we can talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Have you read feedback? So, so you used to write all the feedback and, and uh, no, we, did such a good I don't job. think has another issue come out since? Uh, yeah, the Pokemon, Pokemon issue. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't check. I, okay. I haven't it's bizarre to look oh. at it and be like, oh, this is not Jeffem's voice. You, wait, wait, did, did, so you did not write that one? No, I think okay. Ghost Recon would have been the last one. Oh, you wrote Breakpoints? No. I did the feedback in that issue. No, no, no. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. specifically. Got I, it. I think I did. <laughs> I think that was the last one, right? <laughs> that was the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I, that, that was the breakpoint issue was the last one because I had I had an yeah. Evo feature yeah. in that for yeah. sure. So, and oh, yeah. I think I a couple and of Burt's wrote it. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> After he was let go. <laughs> yeah. Fun for everybody. That reminds me. Oh, so that geez. was August 20th. Let's get caught up on our opinions on these games that came out since then. All right. I've been dying to ask you since the layoffs. What did you think of August 20th's release of Double Fine's Rad? I think we talked about it on the Game Informer show because I reviewed it. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect start. Uh, Control came out. That was very much up your alley, Kyle, yes. and you have not talked about it yet. Uh, I love that game. Oh, really? And, love. And I said I was going to love that game the moment I saw it. And I'm very you proud of let myself for loving that game. No, I, I, I really... Not... I, I really like Remedy, and I feel like that's like classic Remedy. Like I think yeah. Max Payne. Well, I think actually I take it back. I think Alan Wake is still my favorite mm-hmm. Remedy, but I would put Control second. Like I love how weird it is. I love the action. I love yeah. the shooting. I love like combining flying and like shooting and stuff like that. It feels so good, and I just like how weird everything is. I love the the design of that world feels like like the last. 20 minutes of the game inside that I love but oh like boy. but stretched out and like why don't you walk around this area right. and explore it and shoot floating people out of the sky I love that game that's my yeah. favorite game of the year so far favorite game of the year yeah oh Ooh. wow that's amazing yeah. um, it's probably my favorite remedy game uh, I've, I think I've played all of, of them. the year your favorite remedy game, game of the year? Of the, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's probably my favorite remedy game. I, I do like a lot of this, like the the weird, like very brutalist architecture yes. and very like yeah, self it's so cool. selecting thing. Like my, my major issue, well, not major, but like my big issue with that game is like um, I wish it were more, I, I wish kind of like the structure of that game matched its kind of like conceptual 
kind of strangeness because it, it does feel like hey it's like a metroidvania-esque shooter where you're going into yeah you know, less back metroid and forth. than i thought it would be yeah. for sure yeah uh but like there's i i wish that like just straight up when you backtracked into certain areas i wish they'd be different because like the part that's part of the appeal of the house right is yeah. that like it reconfigures itself but the areas you are in are pretty static right yeah. so I, I i wish that there were it was more like as a video game kind of weirder but like as a solid like hey here's a really empowering shooter where you do a lot of stuff yeah uh i think it it, it, it does pretty well by that some yeah. of the later encounters are maybe a little maybe too hard but whatever yeah also great fonts just good fonts. yes walking into, mm. a, into an, a new area and it's like bam here's like this <laughs> like i don't know if it's helvetic but like high impact white yeah, font where yeah. it's like here is the containment room or like whatever it's good font work lately in games with modern warfare like it's actually similar right? it's interesting it like in the intro letters, yeah, yeah they do kind of like a, a jump cut to a title card which i think is actually really cool and yeah. effective yeah hot fonts do you, you think did you some... play control at all jeff i haven't yet okay. no you yeah. i'll have to I mean, I would assume it's on Game Pass. I don't think so. It's no, not it's, it's five hundred five. Epic, uh, well, Epic, yeah. still on PC. All right. Well, I'll um, play it. I'll figure it out. There we go. It Astral goes. Chain on Nintendo Switch. The platform. I wish, I, I wish I'd played it. I haven't played it. Yet. Oh really? I, I re- it's like my. It's like Fire Emblem, which is a, a, a million hours long, and Astral Chain are like the two games that I absolutely want to play by the end of the year. Yes, so. I am. Ooh, maybe four hours into Astral Chain, and uh, I feel horrific about launching this entire uh, initiative because it has taken so much time that I have not mm. had time to play as many games as I want because I'm like, oh my gosh, when I when I leave Game Informer, it's like I can sit back, play Astral Chain, have hot <laughs> thoughts, hot hot takes. Hot and, thoughts. And, but it's like, oh no, I don't Can't have time. Can't like, to have hot thoughts about I, I feel kind of bad too, but like, you know, the deepest dive on Outer Worlds where I played through that game up until landing on Monarch before I knew it was going to be a, a game club. And like I was taken, I was kind of just being a dick and killing people and not taking it too seriously. And then it's like, I'll go back and play it. And I didn't get a chance to do it before we recorded the game club but now I'm going to go back and restart now I'm going to suddenly magically have time but that's like a crazy <laughs> thing of guilt is like launching this video game thing and then turns out launching a, a company <laughs> there's a lot of things to do other than right? play games okay. uh, but I will play more in the future I will finish mm-hmm. Astral Chain by yeah. the time this year ends we'll talk about it someday yeah. so help us God it's in my Switch right yeah. now when we it's all move to a on beach in Hawaii and we're all we have infinite leisure time to do whatever we oh, want oh maybe we could yeah. have a spinoff in every state Oh, you think that'd be fun? So like Traveling. a Ha Max and uh, Alaska Max. This is Alaska Max. <laughs> Such a bad name. Alaska Max anything. Um, Gears 5. Uh, Cyril and I played yeah. it together. Oh, you streamed it, right? Yeah. yeah. So you could watch the entire stream. How was it? I, I liked it overall. Yeah. I've never been a huge Gears guy. I was weirdly excited about 5. I walked away like, yeah, that was, that was, I'm glad we took yeah, the time it, to play it. It was it exactly didn't, what didn't I expected. make me a new fan or anything, really. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I had fun with it. Like, some of the open world areas, that, like, well, both open world areas feel kind of, like, sparse and kind of not necessary. Yeah. But, you know, the shooting was solid and, like, the, the sections where you're kind of, like, just going through a corridor and, and shooting stuff. I thought that stuff worked really well. Um, I think a lot of those weapons, I think, are still, like, pretty creative. And, like, the you have shotguns that you fire once when you push the trigger down and once when you let go. So you're kind of thinking about how you're using different weapons. So it's not like, here's the M16 and here's the AR-9 or whatever. Here's, like, the same assault rifle, basically. Mm. Um, story is kind of still kind of, like, all over the place. Yeah. There's, a, there's a Hamilton sequence in it, which I think I sent to you, right? I didn't, whole, I didn't watch it. Well, you don't I'm have sorry. to watch it, but like basically, there's a whole sequence where you go through a theater, and it's like the idea is there's the Gears universe version of Hamilton was being performed there before. Right. So and you, so it's like a historical figure on Sarah. 
Uh, I guess. Yeah. I think so, so like the idea is that there's like one or two shootouts where like what? where yeah. Hamilton esque music. That was is my reaction. Was, and like the Jeff stage reaction. props for like a Hamilton play are like kind of moving in and out of like yeah. the, the stage as cover and stuff. And, and the stage has name? the circle. Like has the rotating uh, oh, stage really? just like from Hamlet, and you actually do a fight there. Like you have to take cover on stage. Yeah. As do the you stage fire the run. bullets and then the, somebody grabs them and moves them across the <laughs> stage slowly? Uh, no, I, didn't, I don't no, think that happened. Not, Is not sure. it uh, making you did, you did uh, you know walk backwards from each other and then shoot? No, uh-huh. uh, then you take cover and then you pop up and shoot. <laughs> he goes, ah, oh, damn, I'm Hamilton. <laughs> Marx is like, uh, something happened over there, but no one was in the room <laughs> where it happened. Well, that's a, that works. Um, <laughs> is it you one of your favorite? Right. Moments of the year? It was the most surprising moment of the year. Oh, the most surprising well, okay, moment of the on. year. It, I'd argue getting fired probably almost your number one. Within video uh-huh. games. I mean, honestly, like maybe because it just was so left field. I, there was a poster because I was playing with Surreal. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's funny. It's like the Hamilton poster. I guess. Because there's it. a cutscene where they very clearly show you that poster yeah. and you're like, and you think that's going to be a, the extent of the reference. Yeah. 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 But they even have like music playing that's like they're, they're trying to emulate. The soundtrack a little bit. They don't have anyone rapping on top, of it or on top of it or anything. I would just but. like to be in that room when they were developing it and being like, let's triple down on <laughs> Hamilton. You know what gear is going to work Hamilton, Hamilton references? Oh. Hang so on. Jeff just said, I just want to be in that room where they come up with the ideas. <laughs> and you don't double down on your joke? Oh, yeah. I, no one was in the room yeah, where right. that happened. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no one knows how the sausage gets made. Yeah. Uh, Link's Awakening. What's this? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's move up. Uh, Grindstone. Oh, so yeah. Apple Arcade real The quick. best Apple Arcade game. Yeah. The reason I have paid another $5. <laughs> a little Puzzle and Dragons-y. Yeah. A little, uh, it's like, it's not a match three, but it falls in that genre. Yeah. But it is one that I just keep returning to over and over. Oh, good. It's Super so nice good. to have that type of puzzle game that you know there's no BS for, but there's still yeah. levels that people are really having a tough time with. Yeah. It was, it was it was a nice revelation of when I got that free month and I heard people talking about it and I played that because you kind of play it and you're like, all right, free to play. And you know, I was sort of waiting for the sort of the shoe to drop and be like, okay, where is it going to try to charge me? To, and I was like, oh, no, it doesn't. There's no microtransactions. There's no, because yeah. that's the Apple Arcade thing, you right. know? So, yeah, that yeah. game's cool. Uh, I unsubscribed from Apple Arcade, by the way. I like that no, game. Yeah. I think I think it's a cool service, but at the same time, I was like, I'm, oh, I, get I'm, it. I don't play it off I mean, my phone here. I'm, that's the only one I'm, like, it's funny because I see the list and yeah. I'm like, well, these all look cool, but I'm just playing Grindstone. Like, yeah. I, it's just the effort of like, well, I don't want to go through the trouble of starting all these games even though they sound cool you know yeah for sure uh okay Link's awakening uh mm. kyle number one zelda fan you wrote a book about zelda yeah it's called uh, my favorite zelda it's largely made out of <laughs> crayons <Kyle>. yeah <laughs> uh, which i got to play yeah. since i got laid off from game former that bet went right out the window right so you can play death stranding now is that how it works yeah everyone was like yelling at me when i, I streamed like the first hour they're like oh, oh okay. you're you're playing this you agreed with hansen that you were gonna play this <laughs> you're cheating sob uh but uh, it's it's great it's it's funny it ha- it did cement to me that like there's the some of the dungeons are not great. The second to last yeah. dungeon is Eagle's Crest. Uh, Eagle's the one Nest? where you have to move the cannonball around. Yes, that's I Eagle's don't Nest. like that dungeon at yeah. all. I think it's creative structurally. It's different. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's once you realize what the what you know the floors entail on that dungeon. Yeah, I think yeah. those can get really also repetitive. the overworld is just difficult to navigate. It is, and it's in a in a way that's not particularly fun. And um and I feel like. Like I, I still like I I really love the game, love the way it looked. It was nice yeah. to get a classic Zelda, but it was the, I did have a lot of those moments where I was like ah ah yeah, it's kind of hard to just go northeast in this game. Even with the it, you, you know, know the way to teleport, you can jump to yeah. those different spots. Yeah. And yeah. that's I hate to say it, Link's Awakening before Breath of the Wild was my favorite Zelda. I'm so nostalgic for that game because I played it on my friend's Game Boy so much, 
and I love the original game. I love the tone, like, and the story. Like, that's what sticks with you. Playing Switch version, it's like I don't think I'm having that great of a time. Really? Okay. I need to. I need to keep going, but it is. It is one of my biggest bummers of the year is just not having uh, just a blast yeah. throughout that entire experience. It didn't experience. rekindle it the way I, you thought it would. I, no. Yeah, I really like it. It rekindled some of the frustrations. And it's still, I love it. I love the art style. There's a lot that I love about it. But at the same time, it's just like, I, the fact that I'm being annoyed by what I thought was one of my favorite games is not mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think a lot of it has to do to me with the idea that it just feels like, you know, standard Zelda formula because, you know, even recent, like especially recent Zeldas have felt very like they're all based around a, a different gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, whether it's motion this, controls or, yeah. yeah. And this, the, I mean, obviously the gimmick originally for this one was that it was on the Game Boy, but, you know, you just feel like this is the 2D Zelda f- game playing out because even Link to the Past had like the Dark World stuff, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so, and I think it, it kind of proves like, hey, this formula is just really solid on its own but it's also like yeah a lot, also like a lot of the logic for some of the puzzles can get kind of vague and a little bit confusing mm-hmm. um, especially if you're trying to do it without hints um, to where like you know sometimes you'll be like uh, I think that Hal told me to go to this place but you're actually supposed to start like you're not supposed to go there yet. You're supposed to yeah. do a thing first before you can get over there. Well, that's the thing like I ran into her is like you call the guy on the phone and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, head to the castle. And I go to the castle. I'm like, I, there's, I don't know the path here. I just need you to tell me the path. I know I'm supposed to go to the castle, but I don't know which direction I need right. to go to get there. So but. it's like you, the, the, the game kind of leads you along, I, I don't think, I think in some like not so great ways. But I still, I, I really liked it. I reviewed it for Fanbyte and I, I gave it an 85. So yeah. like I, I still really like I, I like Which other review of- score is poor? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, it's out of 105 yeah, for whatever reason. No, it's out of 10. Uh, I, I still really enjoy that I think that's a totally game. fair score. But like, yeah. that's, I think that's about where I land on it, too. Mm, yeah. like, I, I love it the way it looks. It's great to play old school Zelda. There's still awesome game design here. But mm-hmm. there's also it's, it's, it's hampered a little bit by being a port of a Game Boy game. And yeah. like they were restricted, and it, they're still restricted here. So. Yeah. Um, Untitled Goose Game. Uh, that, I I went into that game expecting like I had low expectations for that game. Yeah. This will be a like a silly indie game. Yep. You know what I mean? That's got a lot of like meme culture around it. But I ended up really liking it. Oh and, really? And liking the ending in particular, mm. like the way the game sort of loops around on itself is and, and it's genuinely funny. And uh, played it with my kid a lot, and it was like I, I ended up really li- I liked it more than I thought it would. Oh nice! Sure. I definitely went into it thinking it was going to be more like a goat simulator type yes, thing, of just exactly. a little bit silly. Yeah. And it's like. Oh, it's basically just like a puzzle game, like a little puzzle adventure game here yeah. where you have to solve these very specific things. Did you finish it? No, I didn't. Okay. I, I really, the ending is, there's like a nice ending to it, which, okay. I, which I think is fun. I super want to play that. That seems right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah what's the matter? I haven't, I haven't played Maybe stream yet. next week. Ooh. Ooh. If you what's support it? us at the what's $10 level. Um, everything known to man, I believe. Uh, I don't know if it's on PS4 or next. Box. Exactly. Switch and PC. Exactly. So the important <laughs> So just PC. It might be PS4, um, but not Xbox, I don't think. Yeah, let's uh, find out. Did you play that one at all? Yeah, I played a little bit of it yeah. on my stream when I first started streaming. But gotcha. like, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed what I played of it, but I, I guess I never felt super compelled to come back to it just because it's even, not I, super I did deep. that first area, and I feel like I got sort of the gist of it, yeah. it. I don't know if it like meaningfully builds on the idea of like you're just kind of like pestering people until you can stealth around I will say and I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler but like there's a weird reason for why you're pestering people okay which you're is, which is, which is well there's <laughs> kind of a fun finale to Geese it that jerks. I like uh, uh, yeah so it turns out of course it released on Mac uh, <laughs> Windows and Nintendo Switch 
All As I refer to it, demand. every platform on demand. <laughs> Kyle, no is PS4? That's interesting. Is it better yeah. than Donut Hole County or whatever? Donut uh, County. Donut County. <laughs> you just <laughs> ate a Donut Hole. You got confused with what's in your stomach. <laughs> Kyle brought donuts. And... I think I like. I think I like it more than Donut County. Okay. but I did because, like Donut County because that was one where that also seemed right up my alley. And when I was playing, it was like, eh, this oh, really? is okay. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I ended like up not liking that one as much as yeah. I thought. I think but, I, but, but a goose. Like screwing with some old British guys, yeah. and the animation super good, and it's just yeah. like it is fun to be a goose and like flapping your feathers and just having an old British man just like yell at you. <laughs> Mario Kart Tour, uh, the iOS game. Hi, hi. <laughs> uh, I I reviewed this one for IGN.com. You guys are all over the place. All this is fun. Place. Um, it's it's that was a game. Speaking of Apple Arcade being good because of microtransactions and stuff, that one is a game that the racing is solid and it yeah. looks good. But it, it, you are reminded often that it's like there are ways to spend money on this game. And it yeah. even has its own $5 a month subscription service. Within Mario Kart Tour? Yeah, and the rewards for signing up for it are like mediocre at best. Can you have a decent time playing it for free though? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can play a bunch of races and the controls are good and it's fun to fire off green shells and stuff. I'm still checking in on it every now and then. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, look out for this one. Cyril Vasquez, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Yeah. Start Wait. the clock. Been playing a lot of it. How is it? Uh, it? It's good. I don't. I think uh, it's kind of the expected step back from Forsaken. So I feel like it is follow like Destiny Two is kind of following that Destiny One life cycle where Destiny oh, was at sure. its best during Taken King. I think Destiny Two will end up being best at Forsaken. Um, just because I think a lot of it has to do with like Forsaken was such a huge leap for for Destiny in terms of improvements and yeah. getting that game back on track. And this just feels like further refinements in a lot of ways. But uh, I. The their shift towards the like more MMO ish where it's like hey every week we're gonna have something new some we're gonna dole out the story content a little bit um, in like more vague ways but you know in a way that keeps you coming back playing um, I think that means that the initial campaign I don't think is great I think it's good mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of like you know what Destiny is good at some, these the super strong imagery of like you're just running towards the moon and there's like you'll just see like the shadow of like here's all these ghosts walking like the very control you know inside thing where they hear a bunch of floating bodies everywhere and there's this like giant green pyramid ship in the background the art team is just out of this world yeah so i should play this game you're saying you should play like the first hour of it (laughs) uh but like that stuff like the campaign very quickly devolves into like okay go out and hear go out and kill 100 of these enemies and do all these other tasks and whatever and the ending is kind of weird because it's supposed to lead into the raid um but I, I've been enjoying it. I, I like the, uh, some of the improvements. I think finishers, which is kind of their big new thing, I don't think work as well as they should. Uh, there's a because they don't do anything by default, and so you have to uh, like basically if an enemy is, has like a glowing icon over their head when they're low health, you can just finish them off very quickly. But you're vulnerable mm. during that attack, so it's not always worth it unless you have an item like there's an exotic that if you finish an enemy while you're wearing that exotic, you'll turn invisible and heal. And so like you have you have to build yourself in such a way that you can use that stuff. And they have uh, what's called Armor 2.0 now, where every armor drop has like six random stats, basically. And so you can, using random drops and kind of leveling up armor, you can build character like, oh, here's this armor set I'm using to have really, like, to have just a really low super cooldown. And, you, you know, you can further customize your character that way. And I, I, I like a lot of that stuff. Um, but it does also... Be, make the game more of a time sink. So at this point, like I, I haven't had a ton of time since I played like eighty hour, eighty hours of it uh, after launch, basically. Um, but since then, I've been checking in, kind of been, I've been trying to get through the raid. Um, 
And I think that that very that raid is good. I don't think it's my favorite raid by a long shot. Mm-hmm. I think it has some like really quirky mechanics that I don't want to get into, just in case people haven't done it. But yeah. overall, I like it. I don't think it's as good. It, it's like it could have been better. But you sure. know, Destiny has become a game where it's like down the road they'll it'll be better just because <laughs> of their regular content updates. You bet. Um, Real quick, Little Town Hero from Game Freak. Yeah, I've also reviewed that for GameSpot. Uh, I was excited about this. Should I not be? Uh, I don't think it's your kind of game. Uh, I like so, RPGs. Like, I like well, small RPGs. The thing is, is that this is a, a, a game that wants you to think of it as a, a systems-heavy game that where the systems aren't super heavy. Uh, so basically, it's Hearthstone in a lot of ways. It's like an RPG oh, version of Hearthstone. Oh, interesting. So the like, UI even looked like Hearthstone. Yeah. yeah. So what you do is instead of like instead of having options like attack, defend, or like whatever, you basically have like a very small deck. Like it's literally thirteen cards. Um, and so every turn you have this randomized hand of like, okay, you can do this particular attack or this particular attack, and they'll have like attack and defense values. Yeah. And the enemy will show you like, I'm going to attack with th- this card. And it has like three attacks, seven defense or something. And you have to figure out what which card in your hand beats it, right? And so that's, and you go until everyone's out of cards, and then one of you either loses or wins, basically, that hand. Um, and it, it, I think my my big problem with it is that that gets stale really quick because you only have that many cards. Like, you have 14 cards, and you're using the same exact cards over and over again in fights. Like, they're, one of the key mechanics is the fact is figuring out when to revive your deck, basically, to get all yeah. the cards back in your deck. Um, and that, that, that was the most crucial decision I made in any match that I played. It was like, okay, when do I want to revive my deck? Um, and the boss battles, like, implement this, like, board game structure where it's, like, every time you're moving and being in certain spots on the board will get you, like, hey, I'm here. I can assist you. And they'll give you yeah. ideas, like, uh, you know, like, sometimes I like to be brave. And, they like, <laughs> they'll add bravery into your hand. Good idea, my lord. Yeah. So it's, like, it's really done, like, I'll punch it in the nose. And it's, like, the idea, punch it in the nose will be in it. will okay. be a super powerful card. Would you recommend playing this thing if you're a fan of Game Freak? I don't know. Like, I don't think so. I, I think okay. you can safely skip it. Uh, yeah. It's, the music is by Toby Fox. And I think you should go listen to the soundtrack From on YouTube. Yeah, but um, I listened to that soundtrack by the way. I wasn't wowed by it. Do we need to go back to it? it doesn't seem it, it, it's good. it's not his best work, but yeah. it's like there there are some songs that I like in there for sure. Okay, is it would it be good for young players? Is it like too simple? No, I think I think it, it's kind of too hard in a lot of ways okay. because a lot of it because you have such limited decks. Like your your room for error in a lot of ways is kind of very small. Where it's like, yeah. oh, I either need to do this, play this one. I need to have this card for this many turns to do this thing. Or I'm gonna lose. Mm. Uh, so it can get pretty difficult. Uh, I, I want to say there's maybe an easy mode, but I don't know what it would change. And also, yeah. like towards the end, it just got completely easy because you upgrade your cards with like points that you get from battles. So eventually, it's like here I have this card that started off at like three attack, five defense. Now it's at like seven attack, f- uh, like ten defense or something, and it, it's invulnerable the first turn that you activate it. Yeah. So it's like you just steamroll the, the last few bosses. But little it, town hero, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, that. Um, by the way, when we're at Game Freak for the Informer Cover Story and Pokemon, um, they implied that it's not exclusive to Switch. That in the future it could come it, yeah. to other platforms, which is interesting because Nintendo's been backing it in I mean, such a big that, way. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I was going to say, it's not that surprising. I mean, a lot of their other games have been not Yeah, but I think just because it's in the direct and stuff, people assume yeah, that it, it I is. I would have, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, but that is a I full did. Game Freak joint. Uh, real quick, Kyle, Ring Fit Adventure. What a, what a ditty. Yeah, are you playing it actively? Um, so I checked out Game Informers a while ago um, okay. and, and played like up through the first boss and then a little bit beyond that okay. uh, and I really was impressed by it I've played I played I've I've gone a couple days now without playing it but I initially I played <laughs> I don't think thank, wait hold on no bad not thank you uh-huh. uh, I played like four days in a row and uh, I, I like it I like it more than uh, we fit for sure oh yeah like it's way more interesting and also like it's genuinely hard 
like I was sore because I might I had the difficulty turn up kind of high. Okay. Because and like I Brager. not to, a little bit of bragging here. Like I have started working out in the last couple months. Like oh. I go to the gym a few times a week. I was riding my bike a couple miles. Is, this, is this since you were fired? Uh, I had like... started like a like a month or so before I was fired, and then I really went for it. <laughs> so it's like fired. out of work, work out. Oh, That's your catchphrase. Oh my god, that is his holy. Catchphrase. Uh-huh. But the 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 to preface that, I just want to say like I. I'm slightly less out of shape than I have been in the last couple of years, and this game is still like kicking my butt, and yeah. like I'm sore, and it's it looks great. Apparently, Imran said that it was made in the Breath of the Wild engine. I saw people talking about that, which yeah. is like I I don't have any evidence other than believing Imran and everything that he says. But it's frustrating true, but that Nintendo isn't more clear about this stuff. Yeah. Even like the music's really good. And it's like yes. who composed this? Yeah, I, I can't figure it out. Nintendo looks, in general, like yeah. it, it looks good, and I yeah. believe that it was done in the Breath of the Wild engine. And like I, it's also as you go. Like it does get more interesting. Like now, the story? Uh, not the story. Okay. But like I've unlocked like um, if I use you know this colored workout on this colored enemy, it does more damage, oh, which okay. is just like just enough of a wrinkle to be like, oh okay, it's, I'm not just doing the same thing over and over. Because it you know? is alarming when it's like, all right, you're choosing your routine. It's like you got this physical squishy ring thing. It's like, all right, I'm gonna do squats, do some damage, and then you start fighting this enemy, and it's like. Oh, it's like the equivalent of doing one HP of damage yeah, yeah. and just trying to slowly whittle down this giant health bar. It's like, all right, here we go. But I do, like, I think with the way they sort of balance is, is you'll just be fighting more enemies as you go further. But I do feel like I'm getting a sense that I'm doing more damage because yeah. you are leveling up. Um, right. But yeah, overall, I, I've been what do you impressed make of the, with it. What do you make of the, the block move where you, like, put it against your stomach and, like, squish it in? That doesn't feel exercise That's the only one where gotta, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing you gotta, here. You got to, like, flex your abs, I think. Like, it's on you, man. You got to oh, do really? it. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I. I want to keep playing it. It's weird. Uh, I also, do you know how it works? And when you're like, because it, when you squeeze it in, yeah, it's really consistent. Like the motion controls are really good. Yeah. Um, is it just looking for motion on the the uh, right Joy-Con, or is there a mechanic inside the ring that? Because I, I don't tried, know. I tried a couple times to like flex it and making trying to make the Joy-Con stay completely still. Yeah. And it still registered. I think there is some electronics, and there has to be because you can put it in standby mode and then do that. Oh yeah, like you can have it off and like do exercise. Yeah. So with the it fact that it's still TV. doing that means there's some logic going on in there. There's something I would I imagine because the Joy-Con is just like it's the slider thing. So yeah. I think it's magic. I believe you. Yeah. I believe that it's made in the Breath of the Wild yeah. engine. I believe it's magic. Yumoto <laughs> casts a spell on each one as it goes down the assembly line. <laughs> oh, I'm a legendary figure in Japan now, whatever that award was. God. Do you think he had anything to do with that game? Just re- like realistically? What's Miyamoto doing these days? I don't know. I haven't seen his abs to figure out for sure. Good point. Good point. Um, you know what time it is, everybody? Uh, you missed the game. Yes, which one? Borderlands 3. Oh, you're right. Have you ever played Borderlands 3? I have. Oh. You wrote the cover story for Borderlands 2. I did. Yeah. Long time ago. And I'm sorry that I don't have a better opinion about Borderlands 3. <laughs> then? It feels more like more Borderlands. And? And that's, that's okay. A- okay. That's okay. I, I, wish, okay. I wish it had done more things. I I feel like, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was when we did the Battleborn cover story yeah. or something, but I feel like we've had conversations with Gearbox where they were hesitant about Borderlands 3 yes. and they were like, it has to be something big. Like we have to do if something crazy. If you go back, crazy. there's a video on Game Informer's YouTube channel, which is like, why create a new IP like Battleborn instead of Borderlands 3? And that is just the leadership at Gearbox talking about, yeah. Randy Pitchford said, Borderlands 3 would have to be so big, frankly, it scared us. Mm-hmm. Which at the time, it's like, oh, they're planning a Destiny-style yeah. thing. And then it turns out, yeah, no, not so much. And I don't know if the, the natural recourse is it evolved over time. They realized, hey, we actually have to ship this. It'd be nice to get out in 2019. Yeah. Uh, 
Battleborn has uh, frightened us, and it'd be nice to get out mm-hmm. something that is beloved. And it seems like you know, Borderlands dependable. 3 has found its community. People are happy with it by and large. Yeah, yeah. and I, I feel like that has been kind of – I feel like I've been on the outside of the opinion of Borderlands for a little while now. With Tales of Borderlands, yeah. even with the pre-sequel, I think people were more into it, especially – you know, like Jeff Akervik and Margaret. I, the production I think, department yes. at Game They Informer. were the ones I'd hear from whenever I put up something that was a little lukewarm on Borderlands. Yeah. So I know that the there is a huge community out there that still likes those games, but I, I, I was really interested in, like, traveling to the different worlds in Borderlands 3. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be cool, and it, and it would more just kind of been like, well, these just kind of feel like more zones that... You know, they could have been on Pandora. The art style is a little different, but the Borderlands art style is kind of so overpowering that it yeah. kind of takes over any kind of uniqueness to these different supposed worlds. And so, yeah, it's just kind of been I, I've I've enjoyed it. There are still things about inventory management and stuff like that where it's like, yeah, while wow, I'm spending a lot of time looking at these different kinds of guns and trying to figure out like, well, is there something behind these stats that would make it better to keep on playing with this gun? Or, you know, should I just junk it and sell it with all the other ones? And right. That kind of stuff. So I I wished I was liking it more and I had more of a interesting take than more. That's totally wish you had fine. a hot thought. I wish I had a hot thought. Yeah, all thoughty. hot thoughts are welcome here and <laughs> yeah. all lukewarm thoughts are welcome here. But hey, you know what time it is right now? Uh, Call of Duty Mobile? Call of Duty. No. <laughs> no it's time out. to make the show better. Let's go. Oh. And welcome back to the MinMax Show. Uh, let's see. We're now joined by Serial Vasquez. I'm back. Jeff Margiofava. Hey. And Kyle Hilliard. Why are you like reintroducing us? <laughs> I don't know. Just, just what are you all doing here? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me clap out for like someone else. <laughs> um, so we had a bunch of great submissions that people left on the Patreon page. Patreon.com slash MinMax. Uh, if, if you support us on any level, um, we make a post what's going to be hopefully every Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, and then people can leave a comment. And I was like, I don't know how many people are going to do this relative to sending in emails in the past. But uh, judging from this first one, holy Lord, like it was mm. amazing. And a lot of people left comments or, or questions, words of wisdom, everything there um, that was so granular and specific. It's like, that's a really good question. And it's great content for what we're calling MinFAQ, uh, Min. FAQS, which is our stream every Monday where it's going to be uh, for $20 backers um, and just kind of explaining some very nitty gritty things about what's happening at MinMax, what we expect from that week, stuff like that. And so granular questions, that's great for that. And just to, to be clear, so that's a live stream every Monday with backers where we also watch a YouTube video together. It's kind of a viewing party slash Q&A. Then the plan, which the $20 backers are cool with, and I think it's a good idea, is just for the sake of sharing that information, we'll share the Q&A section the next day for audio feedbackers. So that will be in the audio feed for those folks. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Great. Um, something very odd going through all these comments on our Patreon page. No cities. A couple oh. people left city names. So that makes big board stuff Difficult. I wasn't planning on bringing over the the big board, um, and so did you stress that they should leave their no, I didn't. Sitting stuff. Maybe, I don't. That's, maybe that's fine. something they'll catch on 
on? I, I almost feel a lot fine leaving it behind. I, okay. I like knowing where it's coming from. I think it's interesting. Okay. So if you want to leave it, I think I think you can. Right? Okay, but sure. I assume no every single one is from Minneapolis, right? <laughs> <laughs> we made that clear that this is only for Minnesotans, right? Right. Yeah. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do we do? Just jump in? Yeah. All right. Cody Hester uh, says, hello, Ben, and the no longer remaining a GI. Uh, hello. Uh, can I be on the first episode? Not in person or anything like that. Just with this question. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, hey, Cody. It turns you out go. you did it. Turns out that we're making this show for you. <laughs> this is community-minded. So there you go, Cody. Yeah. So for a lot of, lot, uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. You know, long time, first time. Mm. We're going to have like a lot of short time, first time. Short time, first time. <laughs> first it really time, made me laugh. Somebody, we didn't, I didn't pull their question. I'm very sorry. But they said, hey, I've been listening since the beginning of Min Max. And uh, my question is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, Christian Peterson says, I know we don't want to dwell on the past here. Correct. We want to move forward. But I'd love to know what y'all will miss the most about Game Informer. <laughs> I don't like seeing your notes. I got to turn away from them. Yeah. This is weird not having I just have a laptop here now. Yeah. I don't have the pages and pages of physical notes. I loved writing on that, so I'll mm-hmm. have to type on the laptop well, every funny, once in a while. I don't know why I, I could read your paper. I just never did. Yeah. But this it's like a little easier to read, I guess. But your note there is is certainly interesting. <laughs> What's his name? You, you can't hide it. Yeah, Serial can't see. I think you can see, Jeff. Okay. Uh, uh, what did I write, Kyle? Sounds of doors <laughs> is the thing that Hanson misses. <laughs> the you sounds guys, of doors. Which is especially weird for you because there's like 90 doors Here, in this I'm house. Gonna, it's I'm going to try something real quick. It's a Good, very door-heavy thing. So here's was the thing. It, was it the beep and then the crack of the vault opening? No. Oh, can people hear that door? Great content. Does that bring you back? Oh my god, it's like I'm sure the neighbors love it too. I'm amazed that door is still standing. My friend Rory hung it. Uh, Officially, his name is Dory, I believe, at this point. (laughs) Uh, Did you find Dory? It turns out hanging a door is hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Obviously, number one, what we'll miss is joking around with people in the bullpen office yeah. and, and our friends back at Game Informer, but we'll see him at Extra Life uh, yeah. this weekend. I mean, to be stuff. serious, it is just hanging out with everybody, you know, like just hearing Cork's random comments, Reiner doing his laps around the office and mm. stuff like that. It's just like being around everybody and like bouncing off ideas of one off of one another and stuff. And yeah, like I miss that dearly. I really miss that a lot. Yeah. You know, for More sure. than health insurance? Well, <laughs> my beautiful, supportive, lovely Here wife, Ashley, who's Here been great go. through Here all of this. Go. And I want to call out because she's been uh-huh. really supportive and like pushing Min Max and being helpful. I think she uh-huh. I think she said she's going to listen, which she never listened to a single episode of the Game wow. Informer show. Uh, she uh, has health insurance, so I'm covered there. <laughs> wow, look at that. It all works out. So she's supporting me in so many ways. Can we talk about these doors? Yes. <laughs> Get to the doors. Do you all have this where in your place of work, you become attached to the sounds in the office, the sounds of simple things like doors, opening the vault door, the studio door, the third floor door, like all those doors. I have a weird <laughs> attachment to the sensors or like when I think of old places I used to work, it's like, man, you were so connected that you heard that sound multiple times a day. And then that specific timbre of the door gone forever. I'm standing for doors, damn it. I feel like I, I've developed more of an attachment to the sound of people walking up those spiral staircases. That, that too. That, um, I think just sounds. Yeah. The soundscape of an office, I guess, is larger. A larger I mean, it's, picture it's, thing it's like the simple psychology of like where I'm hearing them like escalate, right, as they're coming closer. It's like, ooh. Like, it, it, <laughs> right. Even though if it's just like it's Leo for the time because it's like he's ferrying <laughs> stuff to the studio. Uh-huh. 
it's always like it could be any, it could be anybody. Right, or right, Cork right. going down those store, stairs, which mm-hmm. he would do as loud as possible on purpose. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah for he would sure. stomp down them. Yes. It's going to collapse one of these days, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the stairs, but we yeah. miss out everyone. I am going to miss travel. Mm. Oh, uh, interesting. That's that was one of my favorite things because like I when I lived in Nebraska, I was like, it was a homebody. I didn't leave the state much. Um, and I only started traveling around like 2016 was the year I started traveling more often. So like, and I I think even in even in terms of media jobs, I feel like because of stuff like cover stories, I think we traveled more than most outlets even. Oh yeah. Uh, so like the just the fact that I went to Japan three times in three years amazing. is like to me like amazing. And you know I've you know we I went to Gamescom once in L A and California a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I like a good trip. I'm still not. I'm not at the point in my life where it's like, oh, I, traveling. Like I have mm-hmm. to leave so much stuff behind. I can just go on a trip whenever. So, um, yeah. You know what I'll you'll have to, have to do now, Serial? What do I have, have to do? take a trip inside your mind, man? That's Travel true. with your heart and yeah. soul, man. I hate that I have to go to. <laughs> By that Delta, we mean though, take like, LSD on <laughs> air. Just like, Don't worry, we put it in your water. Jeff, anything? Uh, yeah, you already said it. Just doors. I miss everyone. Oh. Yes, I miss I miss all those doors. I miss Cork the most. I hope. Oh, interesting. I think that's that's not mm. a huge revelation, yeah. you know. And it we should say that like we really cleaned out that back corner. It was like us four and oh, then yeah. Cork. Cork. Yeah, believe it or not, I worked missing. in there for two months after the last. I noticed how empty yeah. it was yeah. back there. It's just Leo and Dan and Cork back there now. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like Cork in the way he was on and the Reeves. Podcast, and I, oh yeah, Reeves. And the, in the way that Cork is on the podcast, where he'll just kind of jump in and say the funniest thing you've ever heard all like in your life, and then not and then not speak. As for a Tim Turry said, he's not uh, a a Gatling gun. He's a sniper. No. Yeah, and it's like I miss those sniper shots a couple yes. times a day, you know? So, uh, Cork, if you're listening, just shoot us a text, a group text of the funny thing that you came up with, and that'll be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, is, off here. that is what I love having about you guys as, like, a core is just also just the sounding board of just like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Like, that, on a very practical level, it would help out so much in the Gameformer office. Jeff, I feel like I would ask you at least once mm. a day, like, hey, what is this? Like, what did I just ask you guys earlier today even about, like, when I write this thing, is it farther down the road or further down the road? Or, like, yeah. just those little English things, and it's so nice to be surrounded by writers in particular. Um, by the way, have you read the Patreon posts? I've been writing all those. I, I keep thinking, oh, there's probably a bunch I, of them. I, I saw your comma splices at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the last one, one was rough. <laughs> there was one instance, I think it might be in the intro, oh, no. which I forgot to say. In MinMax, you didn't capitalize the second M. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, 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 oh. By the, yeah. Sorry. Actually, I know that too in a couple places. Are we? Is that consistent? Yes. Camel case for the MinMax. See, these words are helpful to, to be around. <laughs> I will look them case. up later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Thank um, you for dimming your screen so I can't see it as well. Is that what you did? <laughs> I need to get one of those things so you can't read I, about I, I will, I will be, Listeners be. can't see this, but he's actually put up a piece of cardboard <laughs> between <laughs> him and Kyle. So you know, in elementary school and you would put up the folders? Right? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. When you test it, it so no one else can peek on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I man. I'm going to actively like not read it, though. So Okay. Do my best. Uh, Mark. Polly, Polly, along came Mark Polly, says, hey, is it wrong that my big... Kyle, I hate you. Stop it. Why did I let you join my show? <laughs> Why did I invite you? Mark Polly says, is it wrong that my biggest recurring thought with the MinMax show creation is that maybe I can start getting my emails right on the pod? 
Hey, back as a Patreon. Let's see how it goes, buddy. My real well, feedback. Well, they're Patreon comments now, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, my real feedback is lots of audio content, please. I don't get much time to sit at a computer YouTube these days, but I'll listen to you guys during my commute all week if possible. The sweet spot would be seven hours of audio per week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, how, how have we done? Well, wait, I mean, actually, we're probably pr- not we're too far off. Two and right? a half for a game club, right? Yeah. And then what do we Whatever this is. Probably two hours. We might hit it. There's going to be a bonus <laughs> uh, video slash audio thing towards the end of the week, which and should be the, fun. And you can listen to the Twitch stream. Technically. I guess so. We don't put the audio in that feed, but okay. I do want to emphasize that. Yeah, if you're a $5 supporter on uh, Patreon, that uh, you get an exclusive audio feed. You can plug in your favorite podcast app, and we're, we put a lot of audio in there. It's a little bit like the old Giant Bomb dump truck. So I want to put some funky, weird stuff in there, too. Just little adventures. Cool. Mm. ASMR stuff. ASMR stuff. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Adam Loftus says, so now... That you're in your mom's basement working full time. Do you think you can finally shatter the stereotype of gamers being sad men living in their parents' basement? It's not my hey, parents' it's our basement. Ba- That's right. It's my Tances. neighbor's basement. <laughs> Respect them. Uh, Two Button Crew says, How cold is your basement? Our favorite game show. Surreal, the answer is. It's cold. I put my hoodie back on after I took hoodie it off. Cold. <laughs> hoodie cold. What do you think is hoodie genuinely degrees. the temperature in here? 53 oh. degrees? Yeah, maybe 55, 60. high 40, high 40s. It's 33. Yeah, I think he's Googling the temperature in this room right now. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> you had a heater on, which I appreciated when we I did bring here. a heater down, yes. but for so some reasons, yeah. Yeah. I think it was in Discord or on YouTube. Someone was commenting, like, Yeah, you, you know, open a door, make sure you guys can get you know all the hot air equipment out of there. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think we're worried about no. that. Yet. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> do have this fire back here, oh, too. But chestnuts roasting, uh, yeah, it's it's look, it's a the site's called MinMax for Christ's sake. Like we're making this it. thing being an ice box is part of the thrill, right? Yeah. It'll be fun. It, it feels optional to me, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> How's that? Uh, Justin Dale says, "Oh, I like that Minnesota is a big part of your identity." I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and chance of any chance of a brewery meetup or anything like that? Yes, we want to do community Count meetups uh, in the in the near future. Uh, we need to find a location first, and all this needs to wait until after Extra Life. Um, a lot of MinMax specialty content. I'm sorry, but I'm basically working two full-time jobs at this point, yeah. <laughs> trying to get ready for Extra Life, so it needs to be until after that. I'm very sorry, but yes, we'll be doing that. Um, Which, also, hey, kudos to Hanson. Can we just kudos? say that you... Yeah, kudos. Cuddles. <laughs> cuddles and kudos. Yeah. yeah. No, Cuddle him. Like, come mm-hmm. on. You're the closest. But it you, it just is super cool like that you continue to go back and help them get Extra Life through this yes. year. Yes. Leo has the toughest role of all. Um, yeah. He has a lot on his plate uh, this week, but yes, thank you. It's, I mean... I think you'd have to be a monster to not do that. Yeah. To be like, well, I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know if somebody else can line everything up because I've been lining it up the last several years at Game Informer and to be like, raise tens of thousands of dollars for charity. Nah. nah. Like that <laughs> yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, can I you love doing it? Can you imagine someone starting Extra Life and really being all about it and then leaving Game Informer to let someone else take care of it? Who would do that? Yeah, that you're a monster. It's a um, Tim Terry joke. Mm. Technically, Jason Astriker. Oh, got Jason Astriker. <laughs> um, any chance MinMax will be doing live reactions of events like Nintendo Directs, press conferences? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people ask so. that, and then it's funny because they're like, we know it's cheap and dumb, but are you going to do that fun thing where you react to stuff? It's like, yeah, I think that's super fun. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Is that, are we saying we're going to like live stream those as yeah. they're happening? Yeah, I want yeah. to. I mean, Sweet. I want to. I mean, we'll that, see how it lines up. Honestly, that was my favorite part of, like, I was on a every other year for E3 kind yeah. of thing, and part of that is I don't like traveling as much as Serial does, and going to LA specifically. <laughs> More <laughs> travel for me. Yes, but but the... 
the I really liked being on the home team because we got to sit in on all those press conferences right. and live stream them. And we did the disastrous Netflix <laughs> one that wasn't that's so <laughs> a press conference. Uh, yeah, but it, so it was just super fun. And yeah. that's so. Yeah, I, this is the first time I'm hearing that we're doing that, but I'm super <laughs> excited about it. I, I get the caveat though because when you hear reaction, you know, I think the sort of go-to is like, oh, new Pokemon, whoa, like run, but that's not, we're not going to do that unless right, we're really right, right. unless it's like, unless they do too. make a new Pokemon. <laughs> Wait, did you hear what? something? Do you new know Pokemon. something? It's new, got like, talking a, about a new Pokemon yeah. here? Um, <laughs> Grizzled Gaming says, I feel like the demand is there for it. Kyle, I'm, I'm not, this. I can't see. <laughs> so can you please have Kyle yell out six stunts? Now, of course we legally don't own six stunts, but you were allowed to yell the phrase six stunts if you really want to, Kyle. You want a nice clean take? So, well, just to avoid legal uh, issues, like mm-hmm. Kyle, what would you call like a, a sort of trick that when you look at it, the mm. kids would say like a, a kind of colloquialism to in- indicate that that was like a really fun or cool trick that... Uh, they pull, they just pulled okay. off. And from what I understand, like you're having some hearing issues. Today, so you can't yeah, hear yeah. So well, I, right? I I know I'm I'm on the other side of the table. So it's like I, I yeah. would appreciate you Project. speaking up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. also I'm having some issues with the compressor on the mixer. So <laughs> let's <Nope>. be cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Six studs. Thank you. Good? Let's look at the. Thank you for answering that my didn't question. Spike too much. That's fine. Right? The viewership that no. did spike actually. <laughs> we have live numbers. I was thinking of maybe an ill ill tricks. Mm. I, I don't know. Let's not uh, let's not go there. <laughs> Hilga three says regular phone calls to Leo's mom, please. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, we're gonna have Leo, but we do have his mom. <laughs> as part of it. That would be so. And funny. we're not giving her back unless he answers our ransom. Ooh, this is good. We yeah. are in a basement. This the first time I came over here. This looked like a kill room. Yeah. Wow. Because you didn't have you know all the drapes and stuff. It was it was just plastic. <laughs> I was about to say, ceiling, putting, putting the blankets up on yeah. the wall to, to protect the walls really removed the, the murderer's yeah. basement look. Yeah. So, Leo, if you want to talk to your mom, make sure to donate to a Patreon, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll send her your questions. $5 tier. $1,000 tier. If you want to know if you've been invited your to Thanksgiving back. dinner, write in and let us know, and we'll forward it to your mom, and then she'll let you know. Uh, we should point out, I don't even know if you guys know this, uh, but uh, if you want to hear more, more phone calls from parents... Hopefully, with very embarrassing stories, <laughs> and you like donating to charity, you should tune in to Extra oh, Life uh, November second. It's mm. going to be super fun. Jeff, would you let us do that with your parents? I don't know what I don't. I honestly don't know if they have any stories. Of course, are... they do. You know how many times <laughs> babies poop all over the place and stuff okay. daily. Daily? Right. That true? Uh, Direful says, hello, fellows. I'm so proud to see uh, you guys on your own. Thank you in the big wide world. Wait a minute. That was promised. This was a small, containable, understandable <laughs> world. I've been wondering, what are your perspectives on traditional journalism now that you're in the, quote, new media space? Mm. I honestly didn't think about that until <laughs> we saw this question. I didn't consider us new media. But mm-hmm. um, I think, like, I've always been a fan of old media, I guess, like newspapers yeah. and magazines and stuff. And I was Cave always... drawings. Yeah. I was always kind of like... Yay, pro-establishment and having a, a good authority out there deciding these kind of things. Yeah. But I think it turns out if those establishments are owned by bigger establishments, they can make some bad choices sometimes. Right. And, and I think my biggest takeaway of the new media thing is kind of the way that we're funding this and doing it directly for it's amazing. the fans who – like. I don't think there are a lot of nefarious, you know, groups and organizations out there, but I think it comes down to people who get it or people who don't get it. Yes. 
what you're making. And like this way we have a guarantee that the people who are getting this content get it, you know? And so they get it on multiple levels. Yes. And that that's the cool part to me. Yeah, it is a weird feeling. Like I always at Game Informer, not, you know, because of any ethical reasons or anything like that. But every once in a while, when somebody referred to me as a journalist or something, I was like, I don't maybe maybe because I didn't go to journalism school or something. I always Mm. felt weird. It's like I like enthusiast press as a as a framing personally, where it's just like I'm just doing this and asking questions that I genuinely want to know about and covering my favorite medium, video games, you know. And I feel like not much has changed in that framing since I left. Sure. I mean, enthusiast to me also implies that, like, you are you like video games. You're also happy to talk about when you don't like video games, too. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, like enthusiast press does not necessarily always imply, like, Always enthusiastic press. Right. So, like, I mean, I I guess to some degree, because I did this freelance for a while before I was at Game Informer, I feel like to some degree I still consider myself a journalist. Okay. Because insofar as I have ethical concerns for a lot of things, right? Like. Uh, like I don't want to take a sponsorship deal for like from Nintendo and then you know freelance review a game for them. Oh, right? Right. Still yeah, in that yeah. position. Uh, like even at, at Game Informer, I I I chose not to do the Mortal Kombat 11 review because I'd done the cover story. Right. Because that felt like a little bit where it's like I maybe like just having the question right. Like, am I too close to this project? Have I seen too yeah. much of it at this point? Uh, so I still feel like I I, I do want to hold those con- myself to those concerns to some degree. Yeah. Uh, here at Minmax, especially since I am doing outside work as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, the, I. I, I, I when I see people like at WAPO like reporting on things going on in the news and it's like, hey, we had embedded sources, like I don't have sources, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm more of a critic, I think, in my sense than I am like a little like a traditional journalist. I'm not breaking news. I'm not, I'm not yeah. leaking things. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do still I am a fan of that ethical line of like, what what are you yeah. you know saying versus what are you receiving from? Yeah. companies? there's a there's a weird moment too, just for a little full behind the curtain here. That's the point. Right. Um, is I had somebody from the industry contact me and they're like, oh, so how does this work? Is it like pay to play? Like, we'll just pay you and then you'll play the games that we want you to play? <laughs> I was like, I, no, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> not exactly. Uh, if you want to supply codes or something, we'll consider it for coverage. So in, in that way, it's like, it feels very similar in my mind and maybe I'm naive for thinking that. Yeah. Um, it, and it's not quite in that influencer realm in my mind. It's just, oh, independent yeah, I media, think so. I guess. I, you know? I think yeah. we're all on the... Like, whether we call ourselves journalists or whatever, mm-hmm. like, honesty is the important part yeah. to us. And right. and transparency, I think, even more than ever, you know, not that we were hiding anything before, but right. it's like now we can directly communicate everything that we're doing with our fans. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a weird thing, too, with the $400 supporter s- slot on the podcast, you know? It's like, I don't know. I, I mean, it's wide open like we have it so it's like okay we'll filter it a little bit if someone just writes the n-word 400 times like we're not going to read that <laughs> on air as, as a 400, supporter. 400 is our limit. <laughs> <laughs> we think it gets offensive after yeah. that. Um, you know but it's a weird thing too where it's like okay if a company wants to support us there and then we talk about those games on the podcast it's like as long as I can be honest with the community and like I'm not going to let that change my opinion, and I'm going to say what I think about the game. If the company that is supporting us to the tier doesn't like it and wants to pull their 400, fine with me. Yeah. I'd rather just lean towards mm-hmm. the community in all those aspects. Like, yeah. They can come, they can go, yeah. whatever. We'll let that drive the ship. Right? You know, and at the same time, it's not going to stop us from talking about these things. I, I feel like the line is being transparent. You yeah. know, like so if someone does sponsor us, and then we're going to talk about a game, just letting people know, hey, like. They they supported us before. Whatever you can take that into consideration when you're listening to yeah. what we're saying. But 
we're always going to be honest. For know? sure. For sure. Um, let's see. Colin Perkins writes in and says, in spite, oh, I'm sorry. In spite of Surreal, in the spirit of Surreal's idea to get... Oh. I'm sorry, my screen's too dimmed because of peeper eyes <laughs> Just, over here. I'm not going to read it, man. You're fine. Jeez. Turn it up. Uh, in, in the spirit of Surreal's idea to get to know... I'm actually low on battery. Oh. Uh, in the spirit of Surreal's <laughs> idea to get to know the min-maxers in episode zero, here's a few rapid-fire icebreakers for the panel. Uh, we can't call it that. Here's a few quick questions, icebreakers <laughs> for the panel to answer. Quick shooting questions. Yes. Um, let's see. Go around the table. Glass half full or half empty? Half full. Full. Absolutely half full, yeah. There's 50 milliliters in there. <laughs> oh, very full, Kyle Hilliard. Um, what's the best current-gen first-party controller? Uh, PS4, I guess. Xbox One. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably go with the Xbox One. Xbox One. I think I just play so much more with the PS4 than yeah. so much. Of it's a very good. They did a very good job compared to previous generations. Uh, they did a good yeah. job. Special, uh, I, I like the Switch Pro Controller, too. Okay. Put a headphone jack in it. Did you do the ice bucket challenge? No, I did not. No. 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 <laughs> in no. the studio, are we doing a constant ice bucket challenge in a way with the temperature <laughs> in here? I think everyone in Minnesota then is doing the ice bucket <laughs> challenge all season long. Favorite fast food restaurant? Wendy's. Do you want to go in order? By no, the way? yeah. So, what's the definition of. Order? Fast, food. fast food. Could I include yeah. Chipotle? I was, Is that fast food? Yeah, it's owned by so. McDonald's. It's a fast food restaurant. You can get your food in under 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chipotle well, was my choice answer. too. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm going See, with. I wouldn't, Actually, I wouldn't consider Chipotle fast food personally. Just okay. It's, because I, it's better. Because it's more Is expensive, that, I think. If I'm including like fast casual, I will go Leanne Chin. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know about your expensive thing because no. going to McDonald's and buy and try and get out of there under $7, you know, for a burrito. All right. I'm changing my answer to Raising Cane's. Wow, very specific. Uh, Is that fast food? <laughs> but I mean, that's like a sit-down. No, no, it's not. You can they have drive-through. You can get, you can get a bunch of chicken strips and a lemonade for under ten bucks and get on you're out of there. You're gonna eat that in your car while you're driving away. Oh, I have <laughs> on many occasions. Mm, got the I got raisin know. cane sauce going too. It's a very dangerous. Guys, dangerous let's shut it down. We can't. Let's we shut can't answer her this. down. <laughs> this was the well, question. I, I think. Uh, five guys. Oh, or, dear, that's or good. That's maybe right. that's not fast. Very tween, but that'd, that'd be the second. But I don't know. This, this is all over the place. This um, is would you is rather? This is our big question. Would what you, is fast food? What would you rather be incredibly strong or be a shapeshifter? Shapeshifter. 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 Then you could just shift into someone who's strong. But right? you would just look like the strong oh, person. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you know. I guess it would be. So they're talking about like picking up trains and hurling yeah. them at people and stuff. Which everybody agrees would be the all... most fun thing a human being could do is pick up a train and hurl yeah. it. Just, I mean, exactly that would come in handy goes. like if you're moving or something, but yes. I feel like your trains. But, but, but what you yeah. could shape shift into a celebrity and probably convince you know, people to give you or money. the president of U-Haul and be like, yeah. hey, Kyle, go get me that. I think if it was mm-hmm. if it was between shape-shifting and flight, I think that would be a more difficult mm. answer. But yeah, shape-shifting. You could seems... shape-shift into an airplane. <laughs> oh, jeez. We didn't okay. say what shapes we're, <laughs> we're shifting into, right? right? Kyle, right. DC or Marvel? DC. Marvel. I guess Marvel. Marvel. Okay. I love, I'm a Batman boy. What can I say? Okay, Kyle. What kind of boy you're, are you You're going to go with, so, sorry, no, not not that rapid. You're going to go with just one guy versus all of Marvel? Yeah, for sure. I you love like Batman, Batman that much. I love Batman that much. What'd you effing marry That's how dude. I feel. I don't know. What all right, Kyle. Is it, is it because your mom's name is also Martha? <laughs> <laughs> and no. she was murdered by her, the Joker. Her name does begin with M-A, so the mm. joke almost mm. would any better. All right, Kyle. Could, could your mom change her name to... <laughs> Star Trek or Star Wars? 
Ooh. Mm. Um, I uh, was a, a truck a truck boy. Me and yep. my brother watched exactly. a lot of Star Trek, but I've fallen off of Star Trek pretty hard. Haven't kept up at all. So, but I'm anybody... excited about Star Wars. Yeah, but your roommate, my brother, is still into Star Trek and watches. Yeah, I know. But is anybody at this table a Star oh, Trek or Star Wars person? Oh. You know, after hearing what he just said, that that that's actually an interesting... I would have said Star Trek for a long time, but then once they started making new Star Wars movies, it kind of feels like it's really opened things up. I know they have the new Star Trek show on mm-hmm. CBS... Picard? Access or uh, whatever. I'm it's called, actually, CBS Barely Anybody Has Access. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, because I haven't seen any of that, so maybe that's yeah, good or not. But there's like 14 so Star Trek shows. Maybe on there I'm now. Star Wars now. Okay, again. Yeah. Probably, probably Star Wars. I'm yeah, not, I'm not crazy about either. But uh, yeah. is anybody here inverted? Yeah, me. Really? Mm-hmm. I sh- I shifted in 2010. <laughs> I made the yeah, grand just, swap. Just do it. You I can know. rewire your brain. That's a lot of work. It do- it's, it's not a lot of work. work. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't take that much work. Yeah. Uh, James Sherer says, "Hey, when you guys are playing games." Do you min-max? I had a no. funny moment where the other day, well, not the other day, like weeks before I launched or whatever, when I came up with that name, uh, my friend Rory, Mr. Dory himself, uh, he's, like, Dory? he's like, Rory why are you calling it? Like, the way you play games is the opposite of min-maxing. Like, I know. So to be clear, min-maxing, <clears throat> because I've always been a little fuzzy on this, it means oh, like really? basically, like if you're playing an RPG or something, it's like basically putting all the stats... In the Being right as, area, efficient as, as efficient as possible. Minimum input, maximum output. Basically. So like you just get, yeah. you just put nothing in luck if you don't want luck, and you put everything in punching if you're a big. Puncher. It is how Dantec plays every game. Okay, I, yeah, I am definitely not a mid maxer, like for sure. I spread those points. I do it like where a can. wildfire. Do it where you can. I like yeah. a little optimization, but I'm not as you know extreme as right, right. Attack. Well, we need somebody here to be extreme I, about I this. Try, I, like I said, I do it where I can. I, I very, I was very conscious of my. You know, where I put stats in, like, Dark Souls and stuff. So. Yeah. There we go. Well, this is your, your, oh, go ahead. We are Minnesotaing to the max, right? <laughs> so funny. that When I said the name to Reiner for the first time, he goes, oh, as in Minnesota to the max? And I was like, no, that sounds horrible. <laughs> well, Never say that. Well, it's funny. I was thinking about it the other day, and it is short for Minnesota maximum, right? Which is just, like, a weird thing to say. <laughs> Minnesota got, maximum. He's, he's got you. I don't know. Legally. Somebody. Legally. <laughs> Hang on, somebody had a great tweet the other day where, have you seen that, where it's like, if you actually say the full name for the new iPhone, hang on. What is it, iPhone? iPhone 11? X11 11 XLR. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, XLR cable, iPhone 11. Um, oh, so it's iPhone Pro Max, I think? So it was like Pro Max? Internet Telephone 11 Professional maximum. Oh, <laughs> like if you if you oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnesota maximum. Okay. Uh, please never say that. Uh, William Koenig says, "Which gamer games made you fall in love with gaming?" Mm. Gamer games. Um, what gamer games mean? Why well, I mean just what? Games, Which right? games slash oh, games? Or I, games? I always say I've always loved games. Played a lot of games, but it wasn't until I played Ocarina of Time that yeah. I was like, "Oh, video games are art." Like right. that's where I was like, "Oh, I, I want to think about this like critically," and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be writing about games or talking about games on a podcast if I hadn't played and fell in love with Ocarina. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII is a huge one for me, but I think probably like, the first like bazunga hit was uh, Oregon Trail probably on Apple too. It's like okay. going from me... zero to that then it's like what is this? There's a whole adventure to be had here? That makes me feel a little better yeah. after Ocarina of Time well, and Kyle's Final Fantasy 22 years old. <laughs> because yes, mine was Super Mario Brothers <laughs> and Duck Hunt. You yeah, know, that was familiar. like the first that, That's a great answer, but like for me it was just like an obstacle. 
to me. It was like a fun obstacle to overcome. Can I jump over that ledge? Where Ocarina of Time, I got emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. Was kind of how mm-hmm. it was for, how it worked for me. I was emotionally invested in no, that damn dog who was then. laughing at me. <laughs> I guess uh, for, for me, it was less about like, oh man, this is such a great art form. And but like with Mega Man, like Mega Man X, I remember playing that in like the the bottom floor of our house because it was just like completely empty for whatever reason. I thought you were gonna say and, filled with spikes. Yeah, it filled with spikes, <laughs> and then I died, and so in order to come back to life, I had to devote myself to video games. Uh, <laughs> no, but we I was playing it like past the control side with a bunch of my friends, yeah. and then like my mom came down and she's like, "What do you guys do? Why don't you go outside?" And then that that's like when I responded like, "No, this is what I want to do with my free time. I don't want to go outside. I don't <laughs> no, want to go play mom. soccer. Yeah. I don't want to go out and interact. I want to do this video game thing. Mega yeah. Man soccer might make an exception for. It. <laughs> do you? guys uh do you think anybody else would confess to this where i just played nes games at like my aunt and uncle's house and it was like the, the dual cart right where it's duck hunt and mario brothers i like duck hunt more am i nutso yeah jeff um uh, i can see that if I, you're just like visiting you're not like in it for the long haul mm-hmm. like in terms of like instant gratification as a dumb kid duck hunt absolutely and i mean it's Especially when I was a kid a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. you know, like that technology was insane. Yes. That you would point a gun at your TV and yeah. it's, it's... That was back when guns were fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it, it was just very weird and, and it was the kind of thing that anyone could come in and pick up. I'm sure they sold so many more NESs because of Duck Hunt than yeah. Super Mario Brothers because everyone's dad came in and was like, I can shoot ducks in this game? Like, right. okay, I'm on board with video games now, you know? Versus what's this least... dumb Italian doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I hate video games again. <laughs> Stepping on turtles. <laughs> How dare you? Mark Paris says, do you gents think it was kind of genius that Outer Worlds was released on PS4 and will be on Switch later. Now, since the game has reviewed very well and is great word of mouth, I imagine more people might consider getting the next Xbox system where the sequel will be exclusive. I know I'm more interested now. I do think that's interesting. I, I even saw, I think there was a Resetter thread or something where they were talking about, like, I like Outer Worlds, but I feel bad getting invested into this world as a PlayStation person because I know that now I'm just going to be mm. teased with the mm. sequel. But it is an amazing piece of marketing to invest people as you're going to the next generation so that two or three years from now when Outer Worlds 2 comes out on Xbox it's like, eh, yeah. there you go well, try this franchise for free and exactly. then now you're gonna have to yeah, yeah. I, I mean but that being said I wouldn't be surprised if it was on PS4 just the way Microsoft is moving I would you know? be surprised because we talked to um, oh my gosh what is his name uh, Matt Booty oh, Matt yeah. Booty from Microsoft the head of Xbox Studios or VP of Xbox Studios yeah. I guess it was um, I think his title was shifting it was always confusing but on the Gameformer show when I interviewed him I asked about Outer Worlds and if he sees it as one of those franchises that could be released on other platforms and he said no I think that's one that we want to make like a Microsoft exclusive and really okay. blow that out in a big way so. yeah that, that feels like the kind of like having a sci-fi RPG is the kind of thing where Microsoft would step in and say, yeah, no, let, let's keep this for ourselves. Mm-hmm. As yeah. opposed to like the Minecraft where it's like, put that, you know, sure. is on everything. But and of course, uh, Banjo Racing on Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. is the yeah. other example yeah. that we all go yeah. to. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, maybe you can stream Outer Worlds 2 to your Switch from your Xbox account or something. Maybe the time that comes out, that could be. Yeah. Travis Lehman says, love you guys. Aww. and glad you had this chance to start your show. Aww. We only have this chance because 
you guys and gals gave it a chance. Mm. Do you think Bethesda's recent behavior irreparably tarnishes their reputation? <laughs> oh, okay, wait, here wait, we go. Wait, wait, what? <clears throat> Start over? Uh, do you think Bethesda's recent behavior okay. irreparably tarnishes their reputation? I love Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, and Fallout 4 so much. Those are some of my favorite games. I hope that whenever Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 come out, they can get back on track. Yeah, recently, it was last week, they... Right before the launch of Outer Worlds, I think it was the same day as the review embargo lifted. The nads they had on those their, guys. They had the subscription servers for Fallout 76. It was very generous of them to do that for Outer Worlds. Yeah. I know, you know just one last yeah. big boost yeah. out what, the what door. What a way to create yeah. just the largest dichotomy between <laughs> like the thing that 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 you know that game is in opposition against in a lot of ways for in, in players' minds, and like here's the pure product, and here's the corrupted like corporate you know like entity that is is. Totally Totally like destroying the the healthy thing that is cool, but like yeah. um, it was very funny to see how like ev- I guess the game does mark you as like hey this guy walked around he's a Fallout first subscriber and now they've created like a cast system where everyone immediately hunts down Fallout first subscribers <laughs> in the servers. Oh, Every, like, that's fun, right? There was a guy I think on the red like who was talking about like oh yeah I just walked around and there were like s- like this roving band of like seven people who just found me and beat the crap out of me. Said <laughs> outer worlds and yeah, ran away. Right. Uh, so. It, it, it's been very funny to see the reactions to that. Oh, my uh, God. So my That's initial... something you would pay for, that experience, yeah. right? <laughs> well, honestly, my initial reaction was kind of like going off what we were talking about earlier, like with like Kotaku and stuff. It's like, this is not something you have to engage with, right? Like, if you don't if you if you don't want to do it, you don't pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. Which that was my initial reaction. Is like, I think everyone's getting sort of overblown about this. It's just it's this option that you can take advantage of. But that story kind of changes my perception of it. The fact that it's like you get marked in the world, you know, and like people are going after them. It's like it it weirdly, whether on purpose or not, like it is becoming this thing that players are engaging in within Fallout 76, which is which is strange. I just had this weird realization because I was making the auction bundles, which is about the most fun thing you could do on planet Earth uh, (laughs) at at Game Informer, where it's just like, here's hundreds of old T-shirts. Here's a bunch of gaming merch and just rare stuff. What goes with what? It's just because mm. it's just like a guessing game where it's like, okay, Virtual Fighter 2 t-shirt. Oh, the Yu Suzuki bundle. Like, we'll re- <laughs> we retheme that Dreamcast stuff into the Yu Suzuki bundle. Um, and one of them was like, here's a launch Fallout 3 t-shirt and a Fallout 3 lunchbox. And there's a part of me where it's like, that's ah, a shame nobody will want this. <laughs> like, just to have that read. And I had the similar read making a Bioware bundle. I'm like, I guess. There's a Bioware bundle. It's just so sad that the beloved companies are now to a point of like, hopefully people will donate something for yeah. this Fallout 3 shirt when it should have been like cream of the crop. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think it would, though, be easy to underestimate how many diehard Bethesda fans there still are out yeah. there. And like, and no matter how much of a critic you are of Fallout 76, when the new Elder Scrolls comes out, as long as they don't screw it up in this kind of way, right. you know, and Starfield, if they if those are more classic Bethesda experiences, like I think a lot of people are going right back on board. With and that. they're probably so early in the development that the reception towards seventy six has helped steer them a yeah. little bit, right? And Especially say, Holy crap, let's let's go steer back them to into creating a hundred dollar a year subscription service. For that's that right. Yeah. yeah, but that's also you know a little bit like Kotaku in that situation, right? Where it's like, okay, you know, the the money makers, the business folks might have different intentions and it might be in a situation where it's like, hey, Zenimax needs some cashola. Oh, wait, our name's kind of like Zenimax. Isn't that fun? Mm. You mean Zenny, like from Dragon Ball? Is that what we're talking about? No, Zenimax. Zenimax. The company that owns Bethesda. 
I lost the thread. Okay. Let's move on. Go back to sleep, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Chris Whitfield says, I'm sure you guys guys have spent a great deal of time staring at loading screens, and I was wondering whether you have any favorites. For instance, I personally enjoyed being able to manipulate in-game models while loading in Skyrim. Boo! No. And more recently, (laughs) I've been finding myself unnaturally enamored by the single loading animation and jingle of the Nintendo Switch eShop. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ah, very good. Um, I think back to, like, uh, Namco games in particular because they had that weird patent on mm-hmm. interactive loading screens. They so ruined like, loading screens for everyone else. Right, yeah. right. But specifically the Budokai, the Dragon Ball Budokai fighting games, the loading screens there. And I remember Budokai 3 in particular, it had it so if you rotated the two analog sticks in opposite directions, the faster you went, more Cybermen from Dragon Ball grew out of the ground on the screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, so weird. every loading screen is like, like trying to spin my <laughs> thumbs as fast as possible. It's very fun. Uh, Okami and Devil May Cry, I think, both have interactive loading screens. Oh, yeah? Where you can hit the triangle button to, like, attack the now-loading icon. Oh, mm, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, I had one. Uh, oh, the, the Wolfenstein Youngblood, I think, those loading screens are good. They're not interactive, but it's, like, anytime you're in an elevator, you'll just see, like, the two twins kind of, like, from the like security camera angle, uh. and they'll do they'll just do the like these fun bits like they'll be dancing to like whatever eighty song is or like one of them will like slap the other one kind of once or twice and then they like end up in a slap fight. That's fun. Uh, mm. th- those are really cool. Yeah, uh, BW says I always thought Magic the Gather- Gathering was too nerdy for me, but when I joined a friendly sealed tournament at work, I realized games be games. <laughs> games be games. Ah, <laughs> uh, we should. I should have been. We should have called this this whole thing games. I games. literally, I on the Battlefield Three cover story trip. This is very specific. Um, the sound designer over there, Stefan Strangard, I believe his name was. Um, I remember at some point, his answer to some question in like the Swedish accent was, "Hey, games is games." And I loved it so much. <laughs> I looked up that URL. It was taken. <laughs> oh, games um, is games. Anyways, um, now I'm hooked, and I wish I would have started playing sooner. Any of you have any experience playing Magic? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little, a little bit, bit. Long time ago. How long? When it first came out. When it was cool. How old are you? I'm 70 years old. <laughs> Shut up. Seriously. How, are you comfortable saying that? I am man? almost 38. Almost 38. Mm-hmm. Yes. Write it down, folks. Did you know this before you invited him? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? This is for oh, young hip it. gamers. Yeah. Uh, do you like magic? Uh, yeah. I th- I think there's a lot of a lot of kind of deck builders and customizable card games, collectible card games and stuff like that out that I think the the that kind of formula of I'm going to try and figure out how to make a deck that's going to beat someone who knows way more about Magic the Gathering than me doesn't yeah. appeal to me anymore, but I like I liked it back in the day. And yeah. 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 Could you beat Serial? Absolutely not. Oh, I, I mean, I only, I didn't play that much Magic. Uh, I, I, I played it insofar as like, they were trying to introduce me to another game called Versus System, which is like the Marvel DC kind of like superhero take on it but they didn't have i guess they didn't have enough decks for that so it's like okay it, th- that game plays like this mm-hmm. so it's like we played around in magic and i was like oh, okay i, I guess i kind of get it where you had like hey i'm gonna tap this and then it's gonna be like that's its ability but yeah i found it more interesting but it's like i don't know that i'm super into like this lord of the rings like fantasy stuff but like yeah comic book stuff that's for cool people <laughs> naturally um, so then, yeah it was like kind of like the jumping off point because i played some Yu-Gi-Oh and they were trying to get me into like more in-depth card games um because, like I said, you go for babies. No, uh-huh. no uh, uh, so yeah, that was kind of like my jumping off point. But I, I enjoyed it. Like you know, I've I've played a lot of games that are inspired by Magic in a lot of ways. So yeah, uh, we were at that uh, Pokemon World Championship member in DC, mm-hmm. um, and 
I played a little bit of the Pokemon trading card game back in the day, but realistically, it's like, you know, I was in uh, 6th or 7th grade, so I was just like, I don't know, I just the bigger number wins, let's just keep playing with and collecting these Pokemon cards. But actually, <laughs> you made up your own version of the game that was much simpler. It's like, mine has 120 HP. Charizard 100%, wins every time. 100%. That's where my nephews play now, <laughs> yeah. right? But uh, there they actually had a training station to play the, the trading card game for Pokemon, and I had such a good time doing that. Like, there was a part mm. of me where I was like, what if I get in the trading card game? It'd be super fun. There are some other games now, like uh, Star Realms and Ascension, that are kind of they're they're more about having a center roll of cards that you can pull out and uh, build up your deck. I mean, they're they're deck builders as yeah. opposed to collectible card games that are a little more my speed. And it's it's less about trying to annihilate your opponents. You know, all the cards that they put out and stuff like that. So yeah. that's a little more my speed. But yeah, though, I mean. Those are all, it's interesting concepts and stuff that kind of fit outside of video games, but kind of touch some of the same buttons and kind of yeah. things like that. Though. I'm interested in trying Keyforge as well, like yeah. the, the kind of set uh, deck thing. Yeah. Um, Brandon Armelli says, okay, simple question. When playing a first-person shooter on console, <laughs> do you prefer crouch on circle slash B or melee on circle slash B? Crouch on circle. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a yeah, crouch guy. Melee is X. Because it, it's Halo where it's the opposite, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So Melee is the B button yes. on Halo. But I always swapped uh, left trigger and B. So grenades would be on B button. And, you dirty and dog. left trigger would be Melee. I mm -hmm. guess at this point I'm used to pushing in right control stick as mm -hmm. Melee. Yeah, that's good too. I like that setup too. Yeah. And to add to that, uh, I'm a, uh, on keyboard and mouse, I'm a, a C to crouch, not control. Mm. Okay. Control right. the couch is for crazy people. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> um, Travis Morgan says, first off, love everything that's been going on so far. Thank you so much. As for a question, knowing you're reasonably big Star Wars fans, except for Kyle here, Mr. Stranger. I like Star Wars. Uh, and I, with so much. The whole conversation was that. I know. I, I know. Let me get to the question, Don't Kyle. take the bait. <laughs> Why are you so mad? And with so much on the horizon, which of the big upcoming projects are y'all most excited for? Whether it be the films, Disney stuff, Jedi Fallen Order. There's just too much, too many good things going on. Mm. I, yeah, it's interesting. I was at uh, my friend Grant's house the other day, and uh, we watched the latest or all of, I forget, uh, Rise of the Skywalker trailers, and then watched the Mandalorian trailer, and like the consensus of the room was, well, yeah, Mandalorian looks way better than <laughs> Rise of the Skywalker. It's like, I don't know if I necessarily feel that way. I still think there's going to be that impact of like seeing some shortcuts, even though they spent a gazillion dollars on Mandalorian, of just people expecting film quality for everything, and then a little bit like, okay, we're reusing these sets, blah, 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 blah. I, I hope or expect to see some budget yeah. in that. Um, Rise of Skywalker, I'm very excited about. Um, mostly just, I don't know about mostly, but just as a screenwriting challenge, I think that mm. is, that's about as tall of an order as even like an Endgame, you know, yeah, or Infinity yeah. War situation. Like that is so challenging. Um, and so I want to see how they pull it off. But also I'm really curious about the future and Ryan Johnson. You know, I like Last Jedi. I'm not a huge supporter, a huge defender, uh, hater, anything like that. But I'm just very curious about where they take the films in the future. I think that might be what I'm looking forward to the most, just figuring out what their vision for the future and a more sustainable version of Star Wars is moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like I shortly got burned out uh, like when Hans, when the Han Solo movie came out. Like yeah. I didn't even see it in theaters. I, That's and, crazy. And even it came on Netflix and it still took my wife and I like three weeks to get to. Wow. And because I just had no interest in it. But then when we watched it, it was like, oh, yeah, that that was actually fun. I like and, that movie. Yeah. yeah. I, that, I think that movie gets a bad rap. I think yeah. Solo. Yeah. I like Solo more than Rogue One. 
I, I absolutely yeah. do too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's so I think because it was seen as a box office failure, it still made yeah. like a zillion dollars, right? Yeah, lots of quick games fail. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but because I think there's that box office stigma attached to it, people see it as a worse movie than Rogue One. Yeah. It's like I don't get that. I think Rogue One might be cooler, but in terms of like. Minute fun. to minute enjoyment and yeah. fun, like and even the storyline. I was so much more invested in Solo than Rogue One overall. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, not to dive deep into it, but I mean, I think Rogue One is an awesome like conceptual yes, idea, yes. and then it's like the execution is like fine. Where mm-hmm. Solo, I feel like they did a good job of like, oh yeah, hanging out with these characters that I like. Yeah, yeah. and that soundtrack and is no joke. There, <laughs> hey. Big old Woody. <laughs> did you like his WTF episode? Did you listen to that uh, one? I did. It was underwhelming. He seemed yeah. closed off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, Boris Fallen Order for you. Fallen Order is really high for me. Okay, still below Rise of Skywalker though, right? Well, yeah, Rise of Skywalker number one, but like Fallen Order for me is like a close two. Yeah. And then Mandalorian, I'm like, I the thing that I'm most excited about it is Taika Waititi being involved more than anything He directed else. one of the episodes? Yeah, right? I think he's in it too. Like okay. that's more exciting to me than any of the trailers or anything I've seen. So right. I, like that's one that's like when the feedback comes through, if it's if people are raving about it, I'm going to, I'll be excited to watch it. But if people are down on it, I, I'm not going to feel like I'm... I'm gonna be totally fine avoiding it if it's if it's Mandalorian like it. really yeah, yeah if even if the feedback is like you know Rotten Tomatoes let's say these episodes are getting like in the sixties like I think we're all pot committed I, I feel like I'm gonna watch every one how do you guys feel about that you don't subscribe to anything though how are you gonna watch I know it? I'm gonna steal your password for oh, this so too. I have to subscribe <laughs> that's to this. right okay. I hope that's okay well I assume you will because you're a kid or whatever <laughs> uh, yeah you're right <laughs> I I seriously haven't heard anything about Mandalorian. That's and amazing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, really? Yes. You know, oh wow! You know, Boba Fett. Yeah. It's like that, but a show. Okay. But it's not Boba <laughs> is Fett. Is it for kids? It, it, they, they no, no, it's trajectory. a live action. I want to say okay. the, the storyline tracks the so it starts as like I don't know if it's an origin story for Boba Fett. What? No, it's the, after Return of the Jedi. Uh, it's just dealing okay. with the Mandalorians and uh, basically bounty hunting in the universe after the Empire Falls. Right. Okay. And yeah. at some point, we get to Boba T. And it's made by cool people. And here's like a, just to show you an image, like that's kind of... Spoilers, Kyle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to see it. But it looks like us. if I said, hey, that's from the new Star Wars movie, you'd probably yeah. believe me, right? Yeah, okay. uh, and I have bad news, Serial, uh, the Game of Thrones boys are no longer making their Star Wars movie. My two is... favorite things are no longer colliding. Yeah. <laughs> the two internet. things that I'm heavily invested in and absolutely know what they're about. Yep. <laughs> it is. That has snowballed in a way where it's like, I understand <sighs> people being disappointed in the Game of Thrones final season, but to the level of hate where it's like, it's I, frustrating. Honestly. I can't keep track of how much I should hate these guys. Well, it was weird because like that was in the wake of like they had this thread from a panel that they did where they were yes. like, I don't know, we just kind of slapped the whole thing together. But to be know. fair, that was somebody the like pilot. live tweeting the panel. Yeah. And they were that was the in the pilot. most negative take. <laughs> sure, yes. but like it, it's hard not to conflate those two things of like these people are no longer on the Star Wars thing. Yeah. Also, like here's this thread that kind of like is totally like messing the on thing, them out. The thing that kind of frustrates me about all of it is like people. I feel like people have forgotten that there was what six years of like what many people consider to be their favorite television yes. show mm-hmm. yes. period absolutely and then it's like I, I feel like everyone has turned on them unfairly mm-hmm. I like I understand disappointment with the finale but to just totally wipe out all of their body of work mm-hmm. because of those last few yeah. episodes yeah. I think is unfair it's it's also like it, it's hard to know how much of this is from it from but like it definitely feels like people are just taking that stuff and not understanding the full context because like how many of your favorite shows are also made in a similar way uh, yeah, and you just yeah. don't, and you just don't know about it. Versus mm-hmm. this is like, oh yeah, it's kind of slap that street because I feel like I hear that a lot about shows. It's just like, you know, on one level, it is the biggest thing possible. It's like as much money, but also like the people making it are kind of figuring it out as they go. Like yeah. that happens with so many shows that people love, and you shouldn't I, punish them for that transparency. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, the people behind Breaking Bad have said that. Yeah, that they did, oh, one hundred percent. Like they mm-hmm. they were making it up like week to week. It turns out that that's 
what television shows are. It's a made right. up story. <laughs> but like because it's tied in so neatly with the idea of like, mm-hmm. oh, the, the people yes. are looking for reasons why Game of Thrones failed or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. right. That the fact that this tied in so neatly is like, see, this is what they. This is why we're mad. Uh, it was very easy to sort of throw them under the yes. bus for that, which isn't to say like I don't like. I ended up skipping seasons like what five through seven, and then because like my fr- I happened to be visiting my friends when Game of Thrones season eight was happening. So it's like I guess I'll watch it with you guys because you guys are going to be here for the next you know hour and a half. I yeah. may as well sit in with you. Yeah. Um. But like you know like it's not my favorite thing. But I also I kind of sympathize with them to some degree of like, yeah, you guys you guys are going to get getting beat up a little bit. But, yeah. I think so. I think so. And it's that kind of hate and cynicism of the internet that we want to be a refuge for, right? Am I right? Yes. All Game of Thrones defenders, please come on by. And if you also were disappointed in the final season, please support us on Patreon. Uh, we'll have two separate podcasts, one for yeah. people who like The Last Jedi, one yeah. for people who didn't like The yeah, Last exactly. Jedi. I, I will support you both. I feel the Discord channel for both at this point. Uh, Richard Tweedy says, hey, y'all, I recently finished Minute and really enjoyed it. Uh, partially because it wasn't any longer than it needed to be. With the recent release of the most recent Jackbox, it occurred to me that a similar collection of bite-sized single-player games could be neat. Do you think that would be a good idea? Yes, I do. <laughs> and there, uh, Derek Yu is working on... UFO, UFO 50. UFO oh, 50. 50, yes. And that's one... I, 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 I emailed that guy like about five times over yeah. the years being like, hey, just want to check in on how that's going. And Because who is Derek Yu? Uh, he created Splunky, there which is one of my favorite indie games. Yeah. And so, I, and just the idea of putting together a collection of retro-inspired, you know, NES-era games from a bunch of different indie designers, yeah. and they're kind of tackling a bunch of crazy ideas and stuff. That sounded super interesting yeah. to me. It a lot of it's going to be multiplayer too, like mm-hmm. local multiplayer. So it's not, you know, completely in line with this question. But I, I do just like the that idea of making smaller single-player or multiplayer experiences and bundling to them together. It's still what I want more than anything from a studio like a Naughty Dog or a Bioware is just mm. a game jam package of just, here's a bunch yeah. of 30-minute games, you know? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think even a game that I remember you looked at at Game Informer and uh, reviews were not kind, but I think it's cool, is that Devolver bootleg thing. Devolver released... Basically, this bootleg game on Steam that had versions of all the other games. So it's like, oh, they had a game called Enter the Gun Dungeon and Hotline Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, also a name we tried to register for Min- no, um, <laughs> Ape Out Junior, stuff like that. Like, I love that idea of just like, ah, oh, we're just gonna make parodies of our own games, which is shorter, weirdo yeah. things. Yeah. Who, who looked at that? Were you looking at me when you said I looked at? Yeah, that? I remember you. I remember you looking at it at Game Informer. Uh... And you held your nose. And or stinky. maybe I looked at a trailer or you know, something. Yeah. Maybe. Also, I mean, to 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 fend Jeff, I mean, that game was announced and released like during E3 on a year that I think you were there. So. Oh sure. So you're an insane person. Okay. How dare you? Um. Let's see. Two. That's not true, Kyle. But anyways, a uh, two button crew uh, writes in and says, "Hey, with uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate released in December of last year, after the Game of the Year nominations, do you think it'll be considered for any Game of the Year awards this time around?" The fact that I had to Google this to remember when that game came out is not a good sign. Yeah, I don't think it will be. But all that mat- I mean, all that means is for the Game Awards, right? For, I for don't the- think it'll be considered for Game Awards. I think it will. Last year it wasn't. Oh, I think it will, will be. Game Awards is, is, there, is there precedent for that? Where like have they considered yes. games from December? Of I last do year? believe. I yeah, do believe because I, I remember right. every once in a while it's, it's like, wait, what win. is that doing here? For best fighting game? Mm, I maybe. I think Mortal Kombat will win that. 
but really, we'll I think it's because it, it, it is a combination. I think if it had come out like let's say in February, I think it, yeah. it had a, it has a pretty good shot. But I think people there will be people who are like either towing the line one way or the other. It's like that doesn't qualify, like, right? And no, I, think sure. I guess it is just from the panel the of peers, right? Like yeah. you know, you there, get I mean, there's like thing. some user voting in some categories, but I think a lot of critics mm. are going to look at it and say like that doesn't count. Yeah. I that think sucks. I think Smash Bros. will win, and Ed Boon will present the award. And like mm. as he's presenting the award, he'll announce Mortal Kombat 12. <laughs> <laughs> a year later, huh? Very smart. Do you guys think there's a universe where Smash Ultimate wins Game of the Year at the Keeleys? I would argue no. Smash Ultimate is better than any game that has come out this year. What about? Well, I would disagree, but. Uh, I I mean, it is won't. there a universe? I don't know. I don't know about universe theory or multiverse, <laughs> but uh, I don't think it. I don't think it. Uh, probably not. It's too. As much as I like Smash Brothers Ultimate, it's like it is the best version of like a very familiar game to me. In my, you know what I mean? Like I playing sure. it. Like even the year that it came out, when we were discussing it in Game of the Year stuff, it was like. Well, yeah, I mean, it's that shoulder shrug thing, which isn't fair, but it's like, yeah, they nailed it. It's Smash Brothers. It's just like everything from the past, like, all dropped into this bucket. They're like, all it's, here. It's yeah. not very exciting, but it's like, it's super well done. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's one of those things that, like, I think a lot of niche or enthusiast titles kind of are stuck with. Like, every time I play a Forza game, it's like, oh, these are some of the most immaculate g- games ever made. But it's like, you know, they're just doing the thing they've been doing, but they, they just keep getting better at it. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's not going to, you know, blow anyone away in terms of, how, like, this isn't like one of those, like, prestige games where it's like, oh, it's like the narrative of Forza is so good, but it's like the the, the feel they've, they've slowly perfected. It's like, you know, it's, it's a reason that I don't think a fighting game will win Game of the Year, like, unless it's like some mind-blowing, you know, new endeavor yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. Of course. Uh, Nick Brewer says, so I have a running list of all games I've beaten, categorized by consoles from oldest to newest, and PC. I tried to convince a friend of mine to dig deep and remember all the games he had beaten to make his own list when he took issue with how my own list was made. If I played a a game and beat it on multiple consoles, be it simple re-releases or remasters, I count it separately on my list as another game that I've beaten. I also count some games that don't really have ends as being beaten, such as seeing the credits at the town tree in Animal Crossing New Leaf, or prestiging in a multiplayer-only shooter. He thinks that both of these are technicalities and shouldn't be counted. Obviously, it's subjective. Incorrect. Uh, (laughs) But I'm curious what your opinions are and what you would or wouldn't count as beating a game for your tracking. I think for anything single-player, I think seeing credits is a pretty good... uh, I know that some games, like, you know, they'll have... Things where they have a third act or something, yeah. some, some some sort of hidden thing. But I think credits is a fair way to say like, "Hey, I finished this game." Okay, what about prestiging and multiplayer only? I I mean, I insofar as like, I finished it. Like, whatever period of time yeah, you feel like you've played, like you don't finish a lot of games like that. Anyway. Also, I think yeah, in, in the year twenty nineteen, uh, it's time to let go of that idea of finishing the game. I think mm-hmm. and just do what I do: keep track of every game you start. You know that you experience. Yeah, that's more important, yeah, isn't I, it? I think experience as the driving factor is probably the best yeah. way. If if you have gotten to a point where you feel like you have solidified your feelings on that game, yeah. um, then congratulations. Put it on your list. Slap it on the list. Do you guys uh, all have lists like that? No, I have, I I have lists of everything I, I play, but like my problem is that like I try to finish everything I play. Yeah. Oh, wow. So really? I, I don't think I have a lot of games on my list that I haven't finished, but my list is also probably smaller than most of yours. I have, a, I, I have that list that I've been keeping up with since like 2007. Yeah, and I like it. when I wrote it up first in 2007. I went back and I was like, okay, which Super Nintendo games have I beaten? And mm. I'm, I'm pretty like happy with it. I think I've been pretty consistent with it. And I do treat credits as the point where I put it. So game you on track that completion? Do you track starting? No. Oh, weird. Yeah, no. I only track starting. But yeah, I have like 
I've been keeping track of everything since 2012 of every game I've played. Like, here's, here's 2019's list so for Kyle only to see. But like, it's a lot, man. Yeah. But I think if you count finished, yeah. 2009. Um, Bryce Volrath, congratulations on the name. <clears throat> Jeff, and this is very important for you. Um, if you were on a revenge journey to defeat the man who killed your father, this is because your father was recently murdered. Right. Um, if you're on a revenge journey to defeat the man who killed your father and you could only practice your martial art in an abandoned parking lot or park, <laughs> when asking for time off from your part-time gig, do you let them know about the revenge or play it cool? I play it cool. You play it cool. Yeah. You just keep asking for more time off. Yeah. Tell them afterwards, you know. That you just mur- murdered hey, this man. this is the reason I was gone so often, Hanson. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to remember now, because that's Shenmue, right? So, like, I'm trying to remember if... Oh, I yeah. didn't even get that. Yeah, okay. so... But I don't remember if there was ever a point in that game where you go to your supervisor at the forklift company and say, hey, I gotta take the day off to go train in... Because <laughs> you train in parking lots and stuff. Oh, like, but, Listen, boss, I gotta go kick ass. <laughs> Brandon Walker says, back when the fledgling battle royale genre started, it took me a while to find what I liked... Uh, PUBG was too hardcore for me. I just spent 20 minutes uh, looting only to get randomly sniped. I tried Fortnite but hated the building. Then a game from High Res Studios came out, Realm Royale. Um, and he really loved it. I liked Realm Royale too. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I love how the downstate in the game is that you turn into a chicken and then run around frantically to survive. When the game launched, it quickly got up to 100,000 players and it was great. After several not well-received changes from the devs, the game has fallen off to about 2,500 to 3,000 players a day. Which brings me to my question. Have you guys ever had a game that you really enjoyed that the player base or just your friends quit playing that ended up making you miss the good old days? I think this, this I went through that entire cycle over the course of like a week with Artifact. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. I was super into. But there's know, still, before. it's not like you can't find people to play with, but just Dude, in concept. No, it's like 200 people. I know, but that's still, you can still play that's, with like, somebody. You queue for that game and you are playing the same person like multiple times in a row. Like even And if that's you a ran- problem? Kind of, yeah, because at some point, like, in that game, like, a thing that I wished you could do in a lot of card games is, like, pick decks because there are certain decks that it's like, okay, my, I, the way I built my deck, I, I'm just going to get mauled by this one. Um, and unless you're playing draft, like, you're, you're it, yeah, it, it can be hard to maintain interest in a game where you're playing the same few people and those people are, like, the people who have been playing for as long as the game has been out. That's so it's like, the problem, At this point, yeah. if I wanted to go back into Artifact, I'm completely screwed because I either I have to go buy every card, which, you know, at this point wouldn't be that expensive, mm-hmm. or, or and I have to figure out, okay, what's the best possible deck to put together? Right. So, and, and because you are playing that small pool of people, you don't see as many surprises, and so the game doesn't feel as lively. So right. It, right. it's disappointing when, it when that happens, for sure. Yeah, and it sucks. Like, I love Ensembles, Age of Mythology, and you can see the original player pool uh, online for that game and you could just see it dwindle with each passing year for that game's release and then it launched on Steam and it's like hot damn new fresh blood and then you also just see it drop so yeah, fast yeah. And so I've had like multiple chances to watch my friends die <laughs> yeah. I, I think the one that I tracked was Evolve oh, you know, yeah, just because yeah. that was one and I totally understand the problems with it I really enjoyed it when you it came out I think didn't I you? did yeah and um, yeah I had a lot of fun with it. I I didn't play it as long as I thought I would also, yeah. you know, because it is very dependent on having people playing it with you that you enjoy playing those kind of games with. But that was one that it was painful to watch of like yeah. they, you know, there is a core there that is interesting and fun and they could have grown it. They're talented enough that they could have added stuff and tweaked it in ways to make well, it Well, they continue. tried and they went free to play, remember? Yeah. Yeah. But it just um, people... A lot of people hated that game. 
Yeah. And it, it was one of those that caught a lot of flack early, and that's not necessarily why it didn't work, but it was it was one of those to watch of like, oh, man, I wish this was doing better. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And that was so frustrating, too, because I think the internet remembers, and I certainly remember how glowing all the press was before that game came out. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it, because when we visited the studio, and I think when other people played the game, preview events, you when you're playing in the same room, and there's just five people all playing that game... It is so fun, mm-hmm. like being able to communicate that efficiently, but it's just that practical thing of like, okay, I have to get four of my friends in the same room for yeah. a LAN party or just hopefully rope them into the online playing all at the same time. It's just, it's too hard yeah. to line up. And when, like playing with random people wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, you yeah. know, but it, it's the kind of thing where it's like, you don't want to do it again and again and again. Like right. it gets tiring super fast. Yeah, and for sure. Nedjin writes in and says, Hey, Min Maximilians. How do you feel about that? Mm. Not crazy about it. We would like a name for the community. Um, yeah. They were are, talking about that in the Discord. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that. Is there anything good? I don't know. Minor, uh, miners. Uh, not no. great. Not great. No. Um, Minimum maximums. No. <laughs> uh, I was thinking like. Um, because the way we're abbreviating is MNX, and I saw somebody say Minx, and I was like, that's kind of fun. Minxes. Yeah. You little Minxes. Minx. Yeah, they're all little Minxes. I are little Minxes. <laughs> you. are little monsters. They can figure it out. <laughs> they can figure it out. We got Lady Gaga on the show right, to make yeah, it official. You tell yeah. us, everybody. Uh, Nedjin says, hey, Maximilians, this is the first year since 2009 that EA hasn't released a competitor to Call of Duty in the same fall release window. Is it safe to assume it was supposed to be Battlefront 3, but it was canceled due to Battlefront, Battlefront 2's controversy? Mm-hmm. Would that mean Fallen Order is probably pushed up to flesh out EA's release schedule? Those are a lot of assumptions. I don't think yeah, that's the case. I don't think yeah. they're pushing anything up. No, and... I just they probably had it lined up where it's like, okay, Fallen Order can go in this gap, so yeah. why release a Battlefront 3 the same window yeah. as that? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we all assume there's going to be Battlefront 3, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, I can see it as like a... Like one of those early offerings for next gen, you know, like get people yeah. in while there aren't that many other titles to play. I mean, they'll probably pull a battle for Neighborville, uh, as mm-hmm. everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's weird that no one's talking about the Plants yeah. vs. Zombies game, right? I mean, it's they should just call it three, right? It's essentially Garden Warfare three. It is, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they'll probably pull a similar thing, right? Well, they'll call it like because the Battlefront name probably is too tarnished at this point. Even Battlefront, maybe you know, forget the three. So yeah. just call it Star Wars. Ground War, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars gunfight, yeah, the um, thing that we all remember. What's what's <laughs> Battlefield doing at this point? Are, I they're think still, they're, they're, they're still, still doing like DLC and just came out. stuff. They're still trying to get Battle Royale expansion. No, they got that. Um, Battlefield yeah. Five, yeah, it's it's alive, if, but they're yeah. working on if, the next gen big Battlefield. You know that'll be exciting. Yeah. Um, Edge Three. Yeah, Isaac Fox uh, says EA just announced a partnership with Valve to put more EA games onto Steam. Well, partner, partnership just amounts to we're going to put our games on Steam. We're going to make think, money over here I don't now. think Valve is putting too much work into yeah. that besides, like, we have the better storefront, dude. How do you think this will affect some of the player counts for multiplayer titles like Titanfall 2? It'll yeah, raise they, it, like, help. 20%. I don't know. It's no, like, I think it'll help on think, I don't think it'll be, like, a huge hit. You know what I mean? I it'll think grow. it'll be decent. Do you think so? I think so. Imagine, like, Titanfall 2 for sale on Steam, which it probably Imagine will be Apex out of the gate. Steam? Probably. Yeah. Oh, Apex on Steam. That's, That's interesting. interesting. I think, yeah, Apex is probably still doing all right. But especially like Battlefield Five, like that game was struggling so much out of the gate. Like, Are they be awesome. doing this just so Epic will try and offer them a sweet deal to get them out of the game store? <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> is it's that like what's going on here? The Disney, hey, we're going uh, back Sony, to Steam. Spider-Man stuff, yeah. just like yeah. public uh, displays of the, the entire debate. Maybe. I'm excited for that, though. Like they did Jedi Fallen Order on, on Steam is yeah. exciting. I don't know yeah. why. 
Um, let's see. Is it because you have a press account? That's exactly why. Mm. Uh, Tyler Renelt says recently. Transparency. <laughs> <laughs> says recently has announced that The Last of Us 2 would be delayed. This news didn't seem to come with the normal negative uh, reaction to a delay. Do you think people are becoming more accepting of game delays, realizing the delay might give time for developers to polish the game? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I think if yeah. it, I think it had if it had been from this year to next, I think people would have been upset. But I think now the fact it's like February is okay. That's that's far away. I guess it's more far away. What it, like it, yeah. it was, it's you know condensing that time frame in your head isn't necessarily that hard. So yeah, people haven't mapped out their calendar for playing yeah. Last of Us at this point. So unless like February is like especially light and people end up coming to the conclusion, of, oh man, we could have really used Last of Us two in February. Yeah. I don't think people are going to be. Yeah, I, I think it's a, like a nominal difference for a lot of people. But I do think it's also connected. Maybe this is just in my own head. I'm curious for for viewers and listeners if it's the same. But I think it's connected in that same way, or in in the same vein with um, with just greater awareness around crunch mm-hmm. in the industry and realizing that like yeah, it's delaying it, but at the same time it is literally probably saving relationships and weekends mm-hmm. and mental yeah. health for so many employees at Naughty Dog who have been busting their ass for years and years and yeah. years. And now it's like, oh, they get to go home and have it probably mm-hmm. one day of... Well, we don't know that for sure. I mean, it, it is like we are so behind the ball <laughs> it may that be we an have to continue to crunch for three yeah. more months. That yeah. could be, right? Um, yeah. yeah um, the hope would be that it's like, hey, if we realize what you know what has been going on, we don't want to overwork you. Uh, we'll take a cue from the Animal Crossing devs and push the game back <laughs> yeah. further. But uh, along with that, like it's interesting with, you know, I think with Animal Crossing, but also with Last of Us, like in the announcement, they say like to they help call out crunch. They do subtly, right? yeah. I'm just like, hey, we want to protect the the health of our workers and yeah. stuff, which is nice. I, I think also, I think the press for a long time has really drilled that message of like delays make games better. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing. And I think, I think people, Naughty Dog fans probably are willing to give that extra leeway. They know they're gonna. Unless Naughty Dog does something crazy, they know they're going to enjoy this game. They're willing to, you know, yeah. wait for that, and they they do want you know the studio to not go crazy while they're doing it too. Yep. So don't think, go crazy. Yes. I think there's just also now just so much to play all the time that it stings less if your favorite game is getting pushed back a little bit because oh there's other stuff I can play. You know. Although I mean, Sony's lineup is so. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> like 2019 is a weird year for them. Even thinking about like Ghost of Tsushima, where it's like they reconfirmed it's coming to PS4, but it's like that's lingering out there. The Dreams release date is lingering out there. It's bizarre when they have a PlayStation 5 coming so close, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Aaron Bivens says, Do you guys remember the Babylon's Fall trailer from E3 2018? <laughs> the game is supposed to be coming out in 2019, but it seems like there's been no other news about it. This was the Square Enix Platinum mm-hmm. Games RPG that was just like a little uh, dark sidery, uh, not dark sidery, dark soulsy. Medieval, it was unclear. Yeah. It was just like basically a timeline and motion yeah. graphics. And I wrote down, looking at it again, mm-hmm. we all remember that fifty seventeen was the age of dawn. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. we know yeah. that about Babylon's Fall, and we all remember that about Babylon's Fall. That's right. We all remember that about Columbus Fall. sailed the ocean. Grand Jeez. Blue. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I mean, sorry. I definitely didn't see that question and immediately go, "What is that? What is that again?" And oh, have really? to go look it up and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I remember this." It it always and does. Forgotten it. it always does feel like there's that mix with E3 of like publishers thinking, "Hey, we got to get something out there. We got to get some kind of announcement out there, or yeah. some kind of trailer to kind of make our portfolio look, a, you know, a little more exciting." And it's, I always wonder about like. Is this a thing? Is this an actual thing? Like, when is, you know, how far along in development is this, or is this kind of just like a, 
it, this this would be cool. Are, are people going to be excited about this? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do love Aaron Bivens's point here. I just love that idea of oh yeah, remember when they announced that? There's so many things at E3 that just quietly fall by the wayside because you're just awash in amazing games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Future of Platinum, we don't really know. I mean, they just released Astral Chain, which was a big effort. Bayonetta mm-hmm. 3 they're working on. They yeah. wrapped up their work on Grand Blue Fantasy. And I think Astral mm-hmm. Chain was, was a hit, right? I think it showed up on NPD. And... Uh, I think it did all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's critically a hit, certainly. If yeah, else, for sure. So. Um, uh, Hazel Mohammed, thanks for following us here. I-, I love seeing these names. It's like, oh, I read these names 3,000 times yeah. on, on the podcast. Um, he says, hello, MinMax folk. That's us. That's you. Oh. Um, uh, wow! Congrats on the new endeavor. That's you. Oh, yeah! Wow! Uh, hoping for big <laughs> things from this crew. That's you. We're doing what? Hoping for big things. Oh, oh big, big things! things. Show, big show, things. Show, show us your big thing. Okay, Are buddy. You, Come you on. guys wearing the same glasses? I don't think so. Do think we have so. like a MinMax? Mine are blue on the side. Announcing MinMax's big thing: oh, yeah. swapping glasses. <laughs> there we go. Anywho, my question is such: Given how Sony is doling out information for the PlayStation Five in various publications, Wired comes to mind. I'd also recommend Wired. Yeah, I think Wired's the only one so far. (laughs) Do you think this is just Sony getting the nuts and bolts out of the way before wowing the general public? Or is this the PS3 era of Sony thinking they can do no wrong and we're about to see history repeat itself with um, this launch not going great? I think they they brought this up on, I think, the giant bombcast. But I think it's less about like, hey, we're going to disseminate this information less like, well, I guess they were going to leak this at some point, so let's work with them. Mm. So like, hey, we have this information about the PS5, and they're just like, look, we'll just we'll we'll tell you more about it, and we can we can work with you to actually reveal it in an official capacity. That, that's a, a theory. It's not insane, but at the same time, I went back and like, Wired had a lot of stuff about the launch of the PS4 too. Like, I think. Maybe Mark Cerny or whoever at Sony just, just has have a, a relationship. long relationship with Wired as an institution, right? I wonder if it's just, I mean, not that like Sony's hurting for money income or anything, but like, I wonder if it's just like money saving effort. It's like in this age, you don't need to put together this like crazy press conference and spend millions of dollars. But we all assume they're going to do that next year. They're going to have like what yeah, they had yeah. as so a I mean, February maybe, event yeah, back be, yeah, in that's true. 2013. I mean, for PS4, they had almost, they had a, like a standalone outside of E3 announcement, right? I remember yeah, us going, February. coming to the office and like covering it. And yeah, I don't I, like, I mean, I feel like that Wire article made as much of a splash as like a big crazy announcement. Maybe not. I don't, for it's hard us, to say. but it's like they still have so much to reveal. I mean, just the, the physical hardware yeah. itself, which yeah. even, I, yeah, in the February 2020, I'm sorry, not 2020, the February uh, 2013 live stream for the big reveal of the PS4, they didn't show the hardware. It was oh, really? all just games yeah. from what oh. I recall. Yeah. yeah. I, it might just be them like stringing things along, kind of filling holes, you know, where maybe they don't have games to talk about and just kind of moving us towards that point if yeah. i mean if you can come out early with a little bit of information about like hey the next playstation is going to load games super fast yeah and everybody's going to be a buzz about that for a month and it costs you nothing and it competes with scorpio a little yeah. bit or not scorpio i'm sorry scarlet yeah then you know why mm-hmm. not do that and then that way that gives them room where like hey what are the specs of this thing? So like you can go access this and in this thing mm-hmm. you've already seen it for months basically and they can just focus on the like more. here's how the PlayStation 5 is going to change your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, do you think um, they're being cocky? I think Sony's in such a weird spot. Mm. The weird Sean Layden thing. Hopefully that story comes out at some point about what yeah. the hell happened there. But I don't think they are. I don't feel that way. Really? No. I think no so. crossplay or I walk. And yeah. then he left. Um, Matthew Rewald says, the question is this. What are one to three games that you want to play in your backlog? You regret not having played yet for 2019, let's say. Mm. 
For me. Astral Chain. Astral Chain. Okay. (laughs) Please. You have the floor. Uh, Astral Chain, I think uh, Indivisible is up there for me just because I'm I'm a big fan of the the Skullgirls team and like the RPG stuff that I've seen from it seems interesting. Maybe at this point they'll have taken care of a lot of the bugs that Kyle found when he was playing it. I guess we didn't mention that. You like that game? I like it okay. I like it. um, I like the art. I like the story. It was buggy. The combat was ho-hum. Okay. Um, Okay. But but yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to play that. Don't spoil it. uh, I still want to finish Fire Emblem. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. but sure. that's not, I've been playing it for forty hours. But it's like one of those things. That, like, gosh, I, there's so much left. I haven't even made it to the like the second half of the game. Basically, oh my god, a big time jump. Um, but yeah, same thing with like Disco Elysium, right? Where it's like, oh, I want to get into that game. People are like recommending 60 hours. It. Yeah, like, that's, Ugh, that's that's tough. Uh, yeah, for me, um, Nights and Bikes, which is a weird one. Oh. I really want to mm-hmm. play uh, from the creative director for Tearaway. Um, Division Two. I only played a couple hours of, but I. Liked it, and I want to go back to it. Killer Queen Black. I love Killer Queen in the arcades, and it's insane that game is out yet, and I have not played it with friends yet. Um, and then for the oddball choice, the Discovery Tour mode in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I've been meaning to get to that, and I haven't played it yet. I'm I want sorry, to play experienced it, it yet. Uh, Outer Wilds. Yes, that was this year, right? Yeah, I yep. yeah, play that, that was well. one that I haven't checked in on yet. I think you'd like it. I think I would. I hear someone said Majora's Mask. Yeah, and I, yeah. My, my ears perked uh, up. My, my big fear with that game is that I'm too stupid for it. Because like I just don't want to get stuck in this very obtuse puzzle or something. And it's like I don't know how to do. It. And like just the fact that the you have like this twenty minute loop timer is just gonna frustrate me. Of like I wasn't able to solve wasn't able to solve the puzzle in time. So now I have to start all the way over and go back yeah. in there and like do all this thing just to get back into a position where I can solve it. So like that's that's been one of the reasons I haven't played it yet. Hey man, stop worrying. Jump in there. We think you're really smart. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Okay. It's those glasses that really set you over the top. Yeah. Maybe it's a stream for at some point. Uh yeah. I'm I have a ton of games on my backlog that I'm ashamed of but Days Gone I started oh, I, I probably oh, played yeah. like five hours that's one yeah. that I definitely want to go back to um, I have a Red Dead 2 Red Dead that doesn't <laughs> count that was 2018 so that's even worse uh, I have Ghost Recon installed which I want to play really? I, I haven't started yeah I, I always like those games I okay. mean I don't think it's going to blow my mind or anything but mm-hmm. I like to stay up on that. I have gears installed, yeah, as well that I want to get to Outer Wilds. Just listen to Hamilton instead; you'll get the yeah. Idea. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I also want to play uh, Life is Strange too because I the oh, final yeah. episode is out in December. That's right. I have That's not right. I, I technically got a code uh, for the entire series, mm-hmm. but I haven't touched it mostly because I like playing episodic games when they're all out. So, yeah. Uh, That'll be my December game, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tom Blackburn says, "I'm so ready to ask questions for the podcast." Well, you came to the right place. Patreon.com slash Max. You're on the right He's track. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Since you are shooting for a more positive vibe for the show, I don't know about more, but yeah, thanks. As opposed <laughs> to the hyper cynical takes we had on the game, game uh, of the show. What are your feelings on wild speculation hype questions? If you are being enthusiasts, what games are you currently most enthusiastic about right now? And we're t- like long term, <clears throat> short term. I believe it's like it's just all over the place. I mean, I, uh, I would. Kill a man to play Final Fantasy VII right now. Oh, the remaster yeah. specific. Kyle, you're closest. <laughs> Let's go. That's uh, that's we an, played an it on goal. the Dreams stream. No, I, I don't oh, know. you're right. I, I, emailed, uh, I emailed the CEO of Square Enix. I can make it happen. <laughs> and to be fair, Jeff played it on the Dreams stream that remake within there. I didn't get it to was, touch it. It was very good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm actually excited for that one because I never played Final Fantasy VII. Oh wow. Um, but. And I wasn't expecting a lot going into, like, all the announce. Like, I mean, they announced it forever ago, and I was like, eh, I mm-hmm. still don't care. But then once <laughs> I started seeing the demos, it's like, okay, yeah, I should I should be paying okay, attention. Yeah, this, hold on, hold on, hold on. this is the way to do it. Uh-huh. Um, Cyberpunk, 
of course, yeah. is one that I'm really looking forward to. Ghost yeah. of Tsushima, as you said. A lot of mine are further out, but yeah. yeah. I mean, Death Stranding is so close. Oh, of course. But like, I'm super excited <laughs> for that. And Star Wars, I'm super excited for that. I forgot that there are people who haven't played it yet. And Tsushima, I'm really excited for. It's, yeah. it's actually one of those things where if you put Last of Us 2 and Tsushima in front of me, I think I would go I uh, so last, uh, Tsushima. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's really interesting. Just, just because like it's it's so unknown and I like yeah. Sucker Punch so much. Yeah. And, yeah. Feels a little bit more like interesting in terms of like I, even you know not having that many plot details I feel like I know what The Last of Us 2 is going to be yes. I'm yes, still very exactly. curious about what Ghost of Tsushima is but I think for me it'd probably be like sight unseen probably Breath of the Wild 2 yeah, like that's probably the game that I that if you if I could play a game now uh-huh. that would probably be it yeah hell yeah hey hell yeah ma'am um, Bob Buell I noticed you switched from your laptop to your phone yeah so Kyle can't cheat oh, and because so the, right. the battery laptop oh, was okay. uh, running low Transparency. Um, so, hey, Bobby, uh, howdy, gents. Game show time, MFers. Uh, below are 10 matchups comprised of two different Nintendo 64 game developers. Oh, gosh. But in each matchup, one developer is real and one developer is fake and made up. It is your job to spot which one is real. Oh, this is impossible. Mm. Devil's Thumb Entertainment or Eye for Quality Games? Uh, let's so, just go around the horn here. So, so just each. And we're guessing one. which one's fake. Which or one's we're real. guessing which one is real. Or which, which is more I'm, fun? Well, they're the same. <laughs> no, I think get spot the fake. Okay, spot serial the fake. spot the fake. Devil's Thumb Entertainment or Eye for Quality Games? Uh, Eye for Quality is the fake. Is the fake. Devil's Thumb Entertainment is real. So Eye for Quality Games yes. is the fake. USA Partnership for Video Games, Jeffum. Or real-time associates. Oh God, those both suck so bad. This—he's good. Whoever put this together is Bob doing Buell. a good job. Um, the real-time associates is fake. Is fake. That is the real one. Do you know what that is, Kyle? Dang it! I no, but that name is super familiar. Really? Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, Do you know? I, guess. I don't. Okay, I we don't. have to look it up. Bottom up or high fives all around? I think I think uh, high fives all around is the fake one. Correct. Okay. Um, Serial, Rhinosoft or Boss Games Studios? Uh, Boss Game Studios is the fake. Boss Game Studios is real. Isn't yeah. that the Cliffy B studio? No, that's, no, that's Boss, Boss Key. Key. Boss yep. oh. and it, I thought Rhinosoft are... was real, though, too. Yeah. Uh, Jeffum, Cream Interactive or <laughs> Culture Brain? I'm going to say Culture Brain is fake just because I want Cream Interactive to be true. <laughs> We're all hoping for some interactive cream. Culture Brain is real. Dream, uh, dream of a lifetime. Is that what you That's right. Uh, which I got from Mark McDonald oh, okay. to be fair. Uh, oh, boy. What a bad name. Bow Wow or Noise? I think Bow Wow is the fake one. Correct. Noise I, is the real one. Noise. Thank you, Bob Beal. Yeah, N64 developers. That's a specific era of bad names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about it. Speaking of which, Dan Anderson says, did you have any other names you were planning on going with besides MinMax? If yes, what were they? Do you have a list? I have the list okay. of every name where the UL, URL was open uh, that was a consideration, at least for a fleeting second. Yeah. 
uh, cream Ford. interactive. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with cream. Only cream uninteractive oh, was available. Okay. Well, now that I know that it's available, Bow Wow, I think is, oh, is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> big Bow Wow. Yeah, big Bow Wow. Um, it's. I thought this would be the fun part was uh, naming a, a company. This sucks. Yeah, like yeah. it is surprisingly hard, and you get so wrapped up in your own head about all these names and all these options, and you seem to remind yourself like. Any two words, any two words you can throw together that have never been thrown together, and you could just call it that, and all the URLs will be free the and be fine. We'll make the name later, right? Right. Said, yeah. Right. But here's what we got. <clears throat> uh, number one, this this was this is very much in that camp. I remember writing this down, I think in high school, as like this is a funny combination of words, tickle frivolous. Oh man, I'm so glad I, we're not tickle frivolous. I, I it's don't think fun he, to I don't say. think you surfaced that to us. No, a lot of these I don't think okay. I surfaced oh, okay. to you guys. I only gave you guys the, the cream nice, of the crop. It's a weird phrase though, tickle frivolous. I like it. Yeah. Uh, are you sure those guys didn't make any N64 games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're still playing that game. Uh, we have watched away. Don't get it. I don't know, like washed away, but watched away for but watching games. Did Ben Leaps come up with this? <laughs> no. Are these no. a bunch of Ben Ventions? Plateau, no. Uh, you had the second part, right? Plat, And then I had what play. What if it was like Plato? Yes, or play plateau. I wrote mm. down as a note, Kyle and Serial like play plateau. I did, yeah. Because to me, it was like the height of like gaming or something. I don't know. Then it oh. was like, I liked the. Uh, the, what is that? Where you have the same letter at the beginning of the word? And Alliteration. Mental. Alliteration. Thank Alliteration. you. What about permafrost play? Mm. No. Okay. Okay. What about uh, Plato, but it's P-L-A-Y-T-O's allegory of the cave? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this basement's kind of like the cave. Yeah. I think you're colder. Might be available. Yeah. Um, oh, here's a thinker. Yosetti. <laughs> Turns out wide open, or I owned it already. Uh, <laughs> Nobody like, called dibs on that one. But I think that that's like my Twitter handle. But that yeah. sucks to be like, hey, do you guys want to help out and make videos for Yozetti? It's like, what's <laughs> out of your name? Like, that sucks. Uh, here's something that might be a hint towards the future uh, real world, open world. Real the world show open world. that I wanted to make at some mm-hmm. point. Um, that but was again, open. It's, it's like, it's a good name for something, but it's not a good name for an organization. Yes. Okay. Fun to your head. <laughs> Wide open, by fun the way. Fun to your head. Wide like open. Your head. I mean, that's yeah, a good Ben yeah. Hansen thing. Thank yeah. you. These two, I don't know what I was going for here. Uh, fun informer, play informer. Th- that's uh, weird. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Timberlake Select. What? <laughs> like Justin Timberlake? Well, that was the name of my parents' tomato company. And I'm like, that'd be kind of fun. That didn't get off the ground. Um, <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of these for the first time, and yeah. I think I know why. Uh, gang charge. Gang charge. Gang charge. <laughs> Wide open. Wide open, but that's a Ben Wide Reeves Wide open joint. for gang charge. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this, oh, is $1,000 for the URL, but I was thinking, like, what's a phrase we heard all the time around Game Informer that would be a fun inside joke for us starting something new? Needs editing? <laughs> no, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. Jeff, can you, can you explain what that means? Uh, we had a folder called Needs Editing where people would, you would dump all your stories. Everything had yeah. to find, kind of funnel through that. You, yeah, you would hear Needs Editing every single day yeah. in the Game Informer office. It's a Needs of like, Editing. Yeah. yeah. So especially like if we're doing a bunch of long form videos, like I thought that'd be a fun name. Uh, it was taken on YouTube, but mm. URL was open. Um, Big Fun Life. <laughs> BFL. That was, was $1,200 as a URL. Uh, Big Fun Joy. That was <laughs> <Okay>. wide open. <laughs> Big Fun North. You're really into that big fun. Yeah, I was. All neighborhood. 
Center Fun, Fun Hunt. Fun Hunt? I like Fun We hunt. the Peepo. <laughs> Small Town Big Fun. Totally Angelica. <laughs> this is wide open, by the way. This is one that is the first in bold, meaning like, ooh, I think this is oh, good. This is... If anybody else would have liked this, I would have gone with it, but it was universally hated. Sunset Writers. I W R I T E R S. I was I was kind of into it. Were you? Yeah. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It felt weird because like the name would be writers, but we'd be doing nothing but video. Yeah, I think that was the problem. Is we might be doing a lot of writing. But it's kind of fun and cheeky that way, isn't it? No. It's like confusing. video is the sunset for writers. <laughs> okay. I, see, I feel like if you have to explain it to that degree, I don't think it. <laughs> okay. But I did like it. I liked the pun. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And I was talking to somebody about like I can't believe this name's open. Like it's open everywhere. Like YouTube, it's wide open. And they're like. Yeah, why would a name about writing be taken on YouTube, you idiot? Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, here's one. Don't read too much into it. This one was also bolded as a contender. Games don't stop. <laughs> yeah, I remember that okay. one. One person in particular loved that name. I was saying, if you choose anything but that name, you're blowing it. Mm-hmm. And I did not choose that name. And he's not in this room, He's right? not in this room. I know you're talking about uh, Play ring, as in uh, W-R-I-N-G, like ringing the most out of play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Attachment ring. <laughs> Just deep cut to my history. Uh, uh, another very game informer thing: cover story trip, <laughs> cover story TV, pressure plate was open. Okay, pressure plate's kind of interesting. Like as like, like a video game yeah. specific thing. Yeah. yeah. Here's another one that's bolded. Uh, nobody liked this one. Pages per second. I don't even remember that one. I don't know, man. That was a little sense. bit high. Uh, drop in two ends. Oh, weird. Also two ends. But mm-hmm. drop in, like it's a place okay. where you drop in, but another gaming phrase, drop in, drop that out. That just makes me think that it would be like a Battle Royale specialty site. Okay. Hey, maybe it will be. Ooh, this is bad. You can't do this in the John Lasseter, post-John Lasseter world. Hug Hunt. <laughs> hug lots Hunt. Of, lots of Hug and Mary. Featuring Joe yeah. Biden and John Lasseter. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, boy. Fun Fortune Facility? <laughs> FFF. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Play after credits. That's not bad. Not terrible. Uh, hands-on gaming. Okay. Uh, this is another one that was bolded. That was a contender. Super Heartland. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. I, I like that, but I think we were worried about it being too like. It sounds uh, like a truck commercial. Yeah. 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 Um, this one I was amazed was open. Gameplay mate. Gameplay mate. Yeah, gameplay mate, gameplay mate. You get the word gameplay in every video on yeah, YouTube. But playmate is like a. A sexy nah. thing. Well, <laughs> open your eyes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love this one so much. I was amazed this was open. I seriously, this is a contender. Are you worried about people going and like snapping these all up? Now? I don't care. Yeah. As long as they leave real world, open world, I'm fine. <laughs> Take anything you want. Isn't there an FCC rule that says that if you broadcast like a name of a URL, you are then like legally responsible to buy it? Uh, yeah. Does the FCC cover basements? Maybe <laughs> asking for a friend. Let's not do any research on that and assume that it's. Accurate. Yeah, let's. Just, yeah, yeah, we own all these. Yeah. Um, I heard that online. <laughs> okay, seriously, get a load of this name though. I'm very proud of it. Next gen sports game, <laughs> as just the name of this site. Also, next gen racing good. game was open, and like that is such a very specific gaming it's weird. thing. I like it. Um, Kyle's suggestion: make the show better. Yeah, as the name is, of a which site. I like. Yeah. Uh, instead, I it's like our it. lower tier. Yeah. Uh, this is when I was like, okay, I've avoided Minnesota stuff specifically. F it. What's in the word Minnesota? Maxisoda was the first. That was taken everywhere. 
the Twitter account for Max Asoda was suspended as well. So what, <laughs> no, what no. is Max Asoda doing? Um, Min Max, not important. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't stop there because I wasn't in love with it. And it was taken on YouTube and everything. So yeah. you know, like, oh, that sucks. That's why Min Max Games is all over social. Uh, Min Quest, Mini Game. M-I-N-N-I game? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. M-I-N-N-I game. That would have been fun to say over and over again. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, uh, which I really liked as another very specific gamer deep cut thing, was optional party member. <laughs> <laughs> then it was like, that's kind of close to easy allies, I guess. But yeah. it was just like you got so specific about trying to come up with a name. And then I remember just hearing people say things in video game podcasts. I'm like, that could be the name. That's like a gaming yeah. thing in the URL's open. Like I remember listening to Giant Bomb and Ben said... He was playing some game and Dodge was on R. And I was like, Dodge on R is a fine yeah. name. Mm-hmm. You know, or like just anything that's very specific Any video that would yeah. double jump or like yeah. well, all that crap's taken. Like double jump screen, was one. You know? yeah. Triple I, jump. There was one. Triple I, jump. IGN had a running gag for a while that they were going to start a developer called on their podcast years ago called RPG Elements. Mm-hmm. Like that was going to yeah. be the name of the developer, mm-hmm. which is like. Legitimately a good name for a game yeah. developer. Wait, is that open? Is it too late to change <gasps> it? There was one. The one that I came up with that I was. Oh yeah. Of this was like I was just ran Game Informer through an anagram machine. Yeah. And I think the one, the most interesting one that came up was Enigma Reform, Enigma which, Reform, is, which meant nothing, right. but it was like <laughs> yeah. that's like the the what a nice coincidence that it would have two actual coherent words. <laughs> I am glad that when you brought me in and told me that you were doing this, you had already chosen Minmax because <laughs> I was not privy to any of those ideas. And, uh, and I, yeah, I'm warming up to MinMax more and more. Uh, but also I like, uh, what I liked about it is I always think it's funny. Oh boy, I'm sorry for doing that. Uh, when listening to other podcasts or discussions and somebody says kind of funny, not relating to their site. Yeah. Because it's always like, oh, it's funny. It's like an accidental plug for kind of funny. Then I realized at a certain point, like, oh, we kind of have that for MinMax. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people mention MinMaxing or MinMax. is like, ah, Not hopefully that'll remind yeah. somebody, hey, I should go check out their content, you know? Yeah. So it's constant advertising everywhere. <laughs> there we go. But also it was extremely taken on every social platform, which was very <laughs> annoying. But if hey, you're the owner of it. the Twitter account MinMax, yeah, yeah honestly, us. reach out. Yeah. But then we'd have to change everything. I mean, we'd also need, yeah, we need that Twitter because it's nice to have it we uniform can buy that as MinMax account and have, it, have that URL redirect to ours. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know on the internet. All right. Um, Serial, um, a while ago, I think you mentioned this that how much you love a segment on the NPR Politics podcast called Can't Let It Go. Yeah. Because it's, well, I mean, it's not, it's like a segment that a lot of places do. Like, yeah. I, I, I think um, uh, Important Intro had their endorsements. So basically, it's like at the end of the show, let's just do a one-off thing where we talk about something that was interesting or something. Something right? that stood out to us that there's no other platform yeah. for. And at Game Informer, was always like, well, that's messy because the end of the show is usually a developer interview and at the same time, too, like we're rotating through so many different people. But like, we could do it here at MinMax. Yeah. So, uh Proud to convey, uh, unveil, unveil, <laughs> present, get a load of this. Kyle? Oh, <laughs> that the name of it? You want me to present a tweet that I can't get out of my head? Is it's that the it's idea? for any stray thought that's like, I want to talk about this. Oh, okay. As some people Real would say, quick. any juicy nugget that's stuck in your head mm. that you want to get out there. I feel no like I drastically did not understand what this segment was. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I feel like yeah, we talked I, through a lot of that stuff. I thought it was was what Kyle said was like a tweet or that's something fine. that you yeah. saw that, yeah, that's fine. that that's fine. was stuck in hey, your head. That's great. Hey, yes, whatever stood out to you this week. Uh, Serial, take it away. Okay. So 
I'm on Twitter, as you guys know, and a lot of <laughs> Quit bragging. It's, it's hard not to be super cynical, but it's it's a nice reminder that there are, are accounts who are still like, I don't know, it, it feels like, you know how when you see like Twitter ads and stuff, you see like very, like very wholesome posts and it's okay. like, oh, here's here's what Twitter thinks their users would would post on it versus just like the most garbage, like e- like uh, brain worms and and weird <laughs> in jokes that it's become now. Yeah. So okay, so there's this, um, and here's a, like a, a nice convergence of those two things. So there's the uh, Dave Benson Phillips, who is a a a host for like British television. He's basically like Playhouse Disney kind of stuff, but in in the UK. Uh, so he's 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 pretty prominent in like kids shows. He's basically like. One of those like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse presenters kind yeah. of things. So uh, recently, he had a bit of a kerfuffle, in which, the, and this is where I saw it, where it said um, he posted from at Dave Benson Phil regarding my recent tweet. The word I meant to type was clocks and not the word that actually appeared in my tweet. Oh, no. My sincerest apologies to those who were shocked or offended by my previous message, which was meant to be helpful. I was in a queue waiting for my takeaway meal. So that's that's the thing that I saw. I was like, yeah. oh, did this guy? <laughs> like, I didn't know good. who this guy was, and I clicked yeah, on his profile. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's a presenter for you know Playhouse Disney, and I was like, oh, is this gonna be some weird? Did this guy get canceled? And here's the tweet that he had to apologize uh-huh. for: uh, Have a good night, whatever you're doing, and don't forget to put your <laughs> back. <laughs> What's the way? Wait, what does that even mean if you typed it correctly? Don't forget to put your clocks back. It's like daylight savings time, yeah. Is that one? Okay, okay. I I had the context. Is it daylight savings time? It's coming up, right? I don't know. Maybe it's different in Britain. I don't know. But that's times different. (laughs) That the the sort of trajectory of seeing the apologies for not writing clocks is that's like that's like the ideal way to come across. Yes. Yeah. I meant clocks. This is gonna be good. I'm listening, Jeff. What do you got? Uh, well, okay. I didn't understand how this Just was working say or what anything you like got. that. The tweet that I guess was stuck in my head yes. was someone from the community had posted a picture with the um, st- subtitle or headline that said, I wish my wife looked at me the way that Kyle looks <laughs> yeah. at Hanson. And he had a screen grab from our first video or whatever where yeah. the hell is just like this yeah, yeah. looking at Hanson. Yeah. And I guess it it stuck out to me just because um you know, like one of the one of the coming together and doing this all together, one of the kind of driving forces was that kind of enthusiasm. And mm. like you you actually put together very nicely in your last days at Game Informer, you put together this huge list of emails that people wrote into the podcast because you solicited stuff that yeah. what they remembered about those of us who had been exiled. Uh-huh. And and one of those also stood out to me where um, they quoted Kyle as saying, it's fun to listen to people talk about things that they're enthusiastic about. For the Dragon Ball episode, yeah. Yes, and, mm. and that was just kind of a reinforcing idea, that picture of Kyle just being happy to be <laughs> right. here and right. you know all of us getting, to, getting along and having fun together and yeah. stuff. So that's, that's what sweet. stuck out to me. Cool. Kyle? Uh, so I'm also unprepared, but uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about Sorry, this. what are they doing? I've been know. thinking about this tweet oh, a lot. What's this new room we got here? What, so is, what, is, this? Going here. what is this place that we can talk about here? I, I didn't know works. we could pe- speak privately on podcasts. That's work. very strange. Capitalism. Space. <laughs> Capitalism. What is that? <laughs> Which, of course... <laughs> Is uh, Tim Curry in Command and Conquer, I think? Command and Conquer, Red Alert 3. And some brilliant 
person no, who just took some yeah. clip of Could like a cutscene and cut off the beginning of it. So it's just Tim Curry saying capitalism, space, and then they just said the Outer Worlds 2019. And how many retweets does that have now? Uh, 10,000 retweets? <laughs> and who was you the genius did who did this? It was at Serial Vasquez. <laughs> That's amazing. You that broke surreal. the internet. That tweet yeah. made me laugh so hard. Like, <laughs> wow. It, it was hilarious. Yeah. So, what you. Uh, Did you check like the analytics for that tweet? How many people saw that? Uh, I, can, I, I think last time I checked, it was like 1.4 million. And you actually cut that yourself? Yeah, I went. I used video a, editors to real yeah. guys. <laughs> I mean, it's very easy to cut clips. It turns out, and you do anything else, it's like I don't know what color correcting is. Uh, it's impossible. Yeah, no one's ever done it. Before. Color correct this meme. Uh, but it's, yeah, I just used like DaVinci Resolve, which is like a free program, uh-huh. and I just found because at some point I just thought I was thinking of the Outer Worlds, and it's like it, for some reason that clip. But it's like ah, it doesn't make sense because he's it, like if you read the full quote, it's like yeah. uh, I'm escaping I'm, to the one place that that isn't corrupted by capital capitalism. So I at first I had it as corrupted by capitalism space yeah but then i thought like ah that's not quippy enough for the internet so yeah, i just cut baby just him going capitalism space it's the yeah. pause it's the yeah. insanely yeah. long pause yeah, yeah absolutely uh hey guys get a load of this um i feel like we're doing the thanksgiving oh, we, we, we <laughs> start the clock all of us were supposed to say that yes we do. um get a load of this uh kareem co-founder and art director over at media molecule just Randomly, it seems, confirmed that Dreams will be coming to the PC, which is amazing to me, right? I just, I think it speaks to a lot, and specifically maybe how casual and loose things over at Media Molecule are still within this PlayStation structure, where on the cover story trip, it was always so cagey. Every time you would ask, is Dreams coming to PC, which I think will blow that game wide open. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be incredible. It would be a lot of like... Mm, I'd like to say something, but I can't. Like, that was always very literally what they were saying. Yeah. It's like, okay, clearly it's not finalized or there's something holding them back. And then uh, Zernical and PC Gamer here were Kareem, the art director. So I'll quote this uh, from PC Gamer saying, As for their dreams, which is currently in PS4 early access, would ever come to PC? Uh, Kareem said the studio first needed to reach a large audience on the console before expanding. Quote, But it's definitely in our dreams to do pro versions that are expanded. It just depends on a lot of things working out for us. Uh, the answer to every question is yes, but Dreams needs to reach a lot of people first in terms of whether or not it's coming to PC mm-hmm. and beyond. And that was very much their grand vision for this thing is like, this is just a game engine as hopefully you've yeah. conveyed, Jeff, right? Mm-hmm. Like this thing is a game engine almost above all else. And it, we want to get those tools out there. Maybe even then Media Molecule or Sony can get a cut, but just getting this to as many people as possible, especially on PC, it's going to be gigantic. And on that cover story trip, they said that there was a studio that was using Dreams to develop their VR game. And I haven't heard anything since. I don't know what that game is at this point. Maybe they were talking about Concrete Genie because I know Concrete Genie used some of the tech from Medio Molecule. Mm. Oh, really? Um, but just I love that idea that just in this interview, it seems like off the cuff, Cream's like, oh, yeah, I mean, yes, it's coming to PC. But moving on, it's like, aha, yeah. the first yeah. confirmation-ish that this will be but happening. isn't it still qualified of like it's got to reach a certain threshold? Or is he saying, like, I he mean... He wants to court this audience first, right? They want to yeah. sustain it and make sure it's successful on the PS4 first. Yeah, but, but at that I mean, point, realistically, it's Yeah, like, what, is Sony going to say, no, this isn't big enough, so we're not going to let you blow it up, you know, yes. to this other platform and make yeah. us even more money? Especially, like, yeah, maybe if it is a failure on PlayStation, and I hope it's not, then it's that like... It seems like even more reason. Exactly. Yeah. So either way, especially with the announcement this week from Kojima Productions that a game that was funded by Sony is being released on PC. And as you guys reminded us, like... 
you know, Quantic Dreams games, also funded by Fundy Journey. S- yes, uh, f- funded by Sony, uh, releasing on PC. Uh, yeah, that game company stuff. I feel like Sony is opening that door and Dreams on PC. Good lord. And yeah, and it's weird that both Microsoft and Sony are doing that, where they yeah. just they just kind of see like, yeah, okay, you know, like PC isn't a threat to us. We'll we'll just do whatever over there too. Yeah. That's an interesting kind of evolution of where console gaming is yeah, going. It's interesting because, like, for Microsoft, you can kind of see it because it's like we own the largest platform yeah. there. So it's like, why wouldn't we do it? But for yeah. Sony, it's like, extra interesting to see, like, uh, like how they're kind of slowly divorcing themselves from the need to have, like, the PlayStation be the 100% everything Turns that they out do. money talks and... BS walks. I don't know what the phrase is. The point is there's money to be made on a PC, so why would a company like Sony turn that down? Like, if you're going to buy a console, we want you to buy a PlayStation. Right. If you're going to play on PC, yeah, then just go buy our game there, too. Yeah. I wonder if this is based on, like, you know, I guess we just found, like, there's a whole audience of PC-only people who will never play our games unless we do this. Mm. And if they, whatever research they did, found, like, yeah, there's a significant audience that will just never buy a console, and you can court them by just releasing the games on PC. Yes. Or, or they've been watching Microsoft do it for a year or two now. And yeah. Said, yeah. Seems going yeah. well. Absolutely. Yeah. Fingers crossed for Steam. Hey, that's it. Uh, that was a long one. I don't think yeah. future episodes of the MinMax show will be this long, but hey, I could be proven wrong. If we get this many amazing uh, yeah. community suggestions uh, that make the show better, then hey, we'll have to stick with Whatever it. Whatever they want. Yeah. We're doing this for you guys. You want Jeffem to wear... Fewer clothes, more clothes. You want the studio to be colder, <laughs> hotter? Yeah. Let us know. Patreon.com slash MinMax. Um, so next week is where we're going to start doing the, the shout-outs and stuff like that. So if you're interested, $100 uh, support level tier. Um, that'll be a video-only shout-out. $400 will do audio and video shout-out. Hopefully it won't be too annoying for folks. Um, let's see. We're going to have a bonus video, um, a little informational interview, I, I would call it, coming up uh, later on this week. And then on Monday, if you're a $20 supporter, then we'll do another episode of MinFacts. We'll, we'll live stream uh, just basic Q&A, and hopefully we'll actually do a viewing party there and watch a YouTube video together. Whatever everybody wants. This is all for you guys. Um, thanks so much for watching and listening to this episode of the Min-mo sh- uh, MinMax show. Uh-oh. Minmo. Two N's, two O's. <laughs> <laughs> Minmoo. All right. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Thank you. Bye.